Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. This is Danny and Dusty. Meringatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. All throws of monkey sounds in there called good. The old like Danny Meringue pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The Fan. Good afternoon. Wow. Hey, happy Thursday, Danny and Dusty with you. Hope everybody's having a glorious day. Look at this. We welcome Dame back, and it's a little gloomy, it's wet, it's rainy. Welcome Damian Lillard back to Indomoto Center. Mm-hmm. And the sun Get a win, tomorrow. and the sun comes out today. I'm shorts. Huh? Well, yes. Which, I mean, I don't need really. You blazed right through the one-week grace period I, I was giving people. for not, I, I came on here, and I said mm-hmm. after, after the snowstorm, mm-hmm. uh, the people that were wearing shorts, I understood. Like fifty-five felt really warm it, after the snowstorm. It hit fifty-nine at my house. Yeah, on that on that warm day, I, sure. I, I I went shorts. It was yeah, and that that was okay. Mm-hmm. I was going to give everybody a week of not being called psychos for it. Here you come, more than a week later, waltzing in with shorts, psycho. I'm that I mean, that is a what 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 do we judgment play here? Let's 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 see. Let's let's yep. get an accurate uh-huh. representation. Okay. of the weather right now. Okay. It is fifty-seven. Yeah, that's that's perfectly fine. It is that is no. if it is fifty-seven in February, you are legally allowed to wear shorts in Oregon. I don't think so. A hundred percent. Maybe that's why you get sick for three weeks. Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> well, you, you're not wow. prepared for the cold. We lost a president this way. We, Rust and I were actually talking about this. William yeah. Harry, uh, William, William Henry Harrison. Yeah. He gave his inauguration speech in like uh, 30 degree weather out there in D.C. and refused to wear a coat and died of pneumonias, which gave us John Tyler as president, Mm -hmm. whose grandson is still alive. Yeah. You know, that's still an insane thing. Yeah. We lost a we lost a president this way. I mean, the facts are the facts are here. I got sick before the shorts. <laughs> it's, it's the healing power of the shorts that is saving me now. There we go. Okay, okay, okay. There we go. Um, so the sun did come out today, and um, shorts weather still not approved. Unbelievable. Well, I mean, I'm I just po- call I'm po- it as I, I'm pulling this. I call it as I see it. I call it as I see it. I mean, fifty-seven, not shorts weather. Oh, I will say. I'll even go a step further. 65 or higher. I'll go 65 and higher. That's aggressive. 
I what? feel like I feel like he can hit. I feel like he can go with sixty. No, I'm. I that's why I said I'm going sixty-five. I'm going sixty-five and higher. I won't go shorts in in sixty. Hmm. I'll go sixty-five and higher. I think is shorts weather. So like if if it's sixty and sunny and like barely a cloud in sight, you're at the coast. Well, hold on. The coast is different. Okay. The coast is different. The coast... Oh, so now there's exceptions. Well, yeah, because you're at a beach. Unbelievable. You're on a beach. I mean, come on. <laughs> Being on a beach changes things. But no, if we're in the valley and it's if it's like 57, I don't think I don't think shorts weather. Yeah, you got Californians up here in 57, and they're wearing like the puffer jackets. Excuse they're me, all bundled up, sir. Yeah, yeah. sir. Yeah, mm. you're I'm not, not really a Californian. I'm not. Wait, hold on. What do you claim? You call you call LA home, but yeah. you're not you're not California. No, I said I am a California. I'm not. I'm saying I'm <laughs> oh, not bundled oh, up. Oh, I was like, wait a minute. No, it's it's the exact opposite. <laughs> it's at the first sign of sunlight. I'm uh, striving for it to well, get my legs into it. See, but yeah, but you've been here long enough. Like you see, crossed I'd, you crossed that bridge. Yeah, I think you're North Dakota is really what did me in. I think that's you, what did me in was being in that kind of cold. Yeah, it reset the entire like thermostat in my body. I don't think we can call you Californian anymore. How dare you? My, yeah. birth, my birth certificate says otherwise. Yeah. Well, okay. Hold on. There's also qualifiers here. You think shorts is what makes him crazy? That's coming in on the Vancouver Ford mm. text line. No. <laughs> it's the most sane thing about me. <laughs> um, we get literally a dozen examples every day of why he's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That is... Uh, but shorts at 57, I think it's aggressive. Honestly, I walked outside and I was like, ooh, that feels good. Pull is up. Pull is up. Pull is up. Pull is up. Um, get on the pole. It's 57 degrees outside in Portland in February. Are shorts allowed? Yes, of course, or no, lunatic. Yep. All right. And See, I, I didn't you know what? taint the pole. I, that's good. I yeah, you stepped, stepped on, it. on it, and I apologize <laughs> to everybody out there. There was a drop. Um, Dusty ruined it. You mm-hmm. did not. You didn't. You did not sway the pole. Danny Meringue, known pole swayer. Hmm. Uh, you are a guy who, yeah, that, how about that one? <laughs> that's that's, that's going to live for that's you. That's pretty good. You are, are one that loves to sway the pole. Grease in the poles. And this is not. This is fair. This is fair. Uh, 57 degrees outside in, in Portland in February. Are shorts allowed? Yes, of course. No lunatic. We are at 50-50 on the votes right now. Go vote. Uh, please. Please, please. Um, but we did have... We did have the return of Damian Lillard last night. Uh, no way. I thought it was a great night. It was. Um, There's a lot. There is a ton. Coming out of that game. There is a ton. To, to And I had no expectation. Like, the lead into that game felt like a playoff game. Like, it felt like the buzz, the energy, the everybody looking You're forward sportsing. to the Blazers. It it's was not- great. It was great. It, but I had no expectation of a win. Mm. I think the win makes it that much better. Yeah. No, it it, it did. And I'll say this, and I'll, I'll sports here. Sport it. There was, in this, and this can be something we can discuss a little bit further, there was more juice, there was more atmosphere, there mm. was more engagement in that building since COVID than yeah. any other game. Yeah. It wasn't even close. Ooh. It was overwhelming. Yeah. It was like, it was... A, it was a good reminder of what a good Portland crowd can be. It has not been like that since 2019. Yeah, I've got. There's a ton that we can unpack mm-hmm. out of this, um, including also the the Blazers winning a game where the other team 
it was a good team. They needed to win. This was a, and they wanted to. This win. was the signature win for them this year. It, it it truly was. It was a game of note, a game of consequence for both sides. National but TV implications. Make, make no mistake, stuff. Milwaukee wanted that game. Oh God, yes. They needed to win that game mm-hmm. because now they're zero and two at Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. They have been going through the doldrums. They are. They've got some. They got some issues that are going to be coming. There's out been of multiple this thing. spark points for them. It was first. It was the fire of the coach. And then it was the game against Denver. And yeah. trying to figure that out. And then it was with Joe Prunty. And then there was the first game with Doc. And then it's Dames Homecoming. It's just been one thing after another, after another, after another, after another with the Bucks. And they are they're they're gonna hang out here for a couple days, uh, because they have some some time off. Uh and Bucks are? Yeah. Well, really? Yeah, well, I mean for are ve- they gonna, for a very specific reason. Are they gonna be practicing at Damien Lillard Court? Probably. Mm. Probably. Mm. Shouts shouts to him. Or go to Nike and go to the Bo Jackson I, I, Center. Well, I don't know if he's allowed on that floor. Well, he would be. I mean, that's where the Mavericks used to, like when the Mavericks had their playoff series, they would uh, yeah, practice there. But I don't think that the three stripes would want him on that floor. And I, well, just, you know. I mean, it's practice, man. It is. Yeah, practice but, somewhere. Yeah, I think there's like a force. Well, would Nike there. allow Giannis to go onto the Adidas floor? Probably not. See, this is, uh, these are the questions and that this, people want to know. And this is why they'll go play at UP. <laughs> but they got the pilots and the remix at UP. Tomorrow There's night. too much. Yeah. There's too much happening. <laughs> so uh, much basketball. Yeah, a lot of basketballing. That's basketballing around mm-hmm. our area. But we will talk a lot about that game because it was fun, man. It was fun. I thought, I'm interested to hear your take because you watched it on TV. I did. To, to kind of know what, what that was looked like. And I, I, I am still efforting to get uh, all of the videos up on Twitter. Mm. Um, the internet last night in Moda was a disaster, uh, so yeah. I could not post during the game. Um, anything that had content really, I, it just took forever to post up. Um, but I've I've already posted the pregame introduction, which I heard a lot of people missed because of a particular college basketball overtime. Yeah, those folks that don't have the root. Yes. Um, and then uh, I am trying to put up tribute video number one and tribute video number two. There were two last night. They're both on internet. Okay. Yeah, they're both on there. They Perfect. the Blazers were rolling them out there after right after they'd aired. Cool. Because I couldn't tell there. because my internet in there yeah. was terrible. Yeah, they threw them on the the socials and they uh, they played them at halftime too. Okay. Um, cool. Which was also, and we'll get into this. It was a little savvy move by the Blazers. Mm-hmm. You know, the the distraction drill. Oh no, he didn't know it was coming. Yeah. Like he knew one was coming. He did not know the second one was coming. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have votes on the poll at Danny and Dusty. Our shorts um, are shorts allowed in February when it's 56 degrees mm-hmm. or 57 degrees outside. Uh, overwhelmingly, the, the poll is saying yes, yeah. of course, right now. But I, I'm not moving. Mm-hmm. My heels are dug in. Mm. You're a damn lunatic. Anybody your, that's wearing shorts right now is a lunatic. Your pants-covered legs are dug in? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. This is... Mine are freely sh- just... What are you, 12? Pointing pointing towards the sun and soaking in yeah. all of the rays. It's not going to happen. Oh. It's February. Yeah, that's the point. You're not going to get any sun. And it's above 55. Oh, come on. People are psychos out here. Mm. Just absolute psychos. 79% of the people are just absolute lunatics. All right, let's get to it. Uh, Dame returns, and you can't draw it up much better than that. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Danny and Dusty on the fan. I don't think you could draw it up much better than Damian Lillard's return to Portland. Uh, The emotion was real. The energy surrounding the game was electric. And the Blazers ended up winning, huh? It was the best of all worlds except for the win for Dame in his mind, but... No, we don't care about that anymore. We just wanted to say hello, goodbye. You're you're not wrong, and I don't know where where do you want to start with this? You want you want to start with the the pregame and kind of leading up? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think we oh. could kind of break it down in that way because um, it, this there's a lot of pomp and circumstance around this, and mm-hmm. it was just a regular season game, and there will be several other times that Damian Lillard returns to Portland. But this is the one. This was the one, yeah. and I, I think that kind of the starting point on it is. From start to finish, I don't think you can handle it better from both sides. No. And I think that that may be one of the things that is going to go unnoticed mm-hmm. and unrecognized, and I don't want it to, so I'm going to talk about it right now, damn it, <laughs> is the Portland Trailblazers organization mm-hmm. handled this the best way they possibly could. Mm-hmm. They pushed the line of going too far over the top with two tribute videos, But they didn't cross that line because Damian Lillard even said it after the game Mm -hmm. that the second tribute video during a timeout caught him. It caught him off guard. It caught his teammates off guard. And while Doc Rivers was talking, nobody was paying attention because they were all giving him crap for it. Yeah, they're like, are they going to keep running these all night long? There was a little Mm -hmm. bit of gamesmanship involved in all of it too, which was which was great. And I think that we can all appreciate Dame. Uh, for what he did for this organization, what he did for the team, what he did for the city, and that was a good night to do it. And mm-hmm. it was a it was a fun night had by all. But I think pregame, it was totally 
weird to see it him was coming in and even him saying, I don't know where the visiting locker room is. Weird is the word. So he walked in and he did his normal thing, walks down the tunnel. And if it, he go, he, I talked to him after the, his press conference before the game out on the floor. And he was like, man, I, it was super weird. If it wasn't for all the cameras, like walling him off. For those that don't know, you there when you walk in the, the cargo bay, you move to the right and they have kind of a, a runway right there where they do the, the, the fit photos against the wall. That's where and, you see all your walk-in videos. And then once you get in there, you get into the back hallway. And the first turn to the left in the back hallway goes to either the media room or the visitor's locker room, which is basically a oversized closet. It yeah. is meant to be crappy because it's the visitor's locker room. Mm-hmm. It's very tiny. It's cramped. If you keep going down about... 20 yards, you get to the the chasm that is the Blazers locker room, training center, weight room, and all that kind of stuff. Dame typically just blows right by that spot and keeps going all the way down the locker room. But instead, all the cameras were walled off, keeping him from going down the hall and directing him Mm -hmm. towards the little tiny hallway that goes to the visitor's locker room. And he kind of stopped and was like, this is weird. I've never even been in here. <laughs> I've been here for Think 10 years, but I've never been in this room. 2012 was his first time yeah. in that building. And it just you just have no reason to go in there because what ends yeah. up happening is after the game, everybody kind of hangs out in the cargo bay. You don't you don't yeah. go into the into each other's locker rooms. It's just you no. just don't do it. Um so that was the first weird part of this. The other weird part of this for him is seeing everybody he knows. Yep. And being a part of this and he, and he addressed this in the press conference that he is dropping off his kids and going about his day. C.J. McCollum calls him just kind of knowing where he's going to be in the day because he's in his routine kind of again. And they talk about what this night is going to be because C.J. had one to a lesser extent, right? And <laughs> Far lesser. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it's, it's, they, they, they showed out for C.J., but C.J.'s not going to get a statue built. Dame's going to have a statue built for him. And... They just kind of talked about like what it's going to be like, and you just got to kind of go through it. And then talking to him th- through this, he goes, I started thinking about what my day would be like in the sense of like, oh, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go home and take my nap, and the Sprinter van's going to come pick me up. And I go, and then it wasn't that, right? And he goes, yeah, it was weird. And we just kept kind of looking back and forth at each other and just said, this is weird. This is really weird. Like, normally there's a, there's a, uh, a cycle, a preparation that you go through. Mm-hmm. Like through all the years that I've covered him, I say hi to him at the same spot. I know where he's going to be in his routine. I know what time he's going to be out on the floor. You know, I know when to not interrupt him. And it was like everything was so off kilter and you could just feel how nothing was where it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And this was, this is about five minutes after he had done a about 25 minute pregame press conference where he addressed everybody, and they they didn't do this in the media room. For those that are aware, typically you have the, the media room where they, they follow up for the postgame stuff, and you'll have the podium. This was under the in the, the, the bowels, so to speak, of Moda, so where like the Western mm-hmm. Conference Finals was. That's where it was. It was a big open era. Damn near everybody in Portland media was there. There was a ton of national and, and the Milwaukee yep. travel. There was probably 50 plus 55 people well, back there. I mean, you saw, you know, Chris Haynes was there. Ben Golliver, who we obviously yep. had in the studio, was here. There were, Kevin there were writers from, from all yep. over the country that came into town knowing what a big deal it was. Yeah. And so, and then Dame, as Dame does, that we got so accustomed to, answered every question. Mm-hmm. And he had a really great answer to Mike Richmond's question about, 
um, the does this bring closure to this? And Dame was very poignant and, and, and specific and said, it's not about closure as much as it is about the story, that, that this is a part of my life. I don't want this to be closed. I, I want to celebrate this. I want to recognize this. It's not about moving on. And I thought that was just a very specific thing and really did a, a great job encapsulating what the night was. It wasn't about closure. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about moving on. It was about respecting what was and what is now. Yeah, I think it was closure for Blazer fans. Like they, they, yeah. there was closure for them, but for him, it meant something completely different, and, and truthfully, far more. And you could see he was very emotional. Yes, like, I mean the the tight shots on TV during the pregame. I don't stuff, care what he said. He cried. Yeah, he was not wiping sweat. Yeah. No, it was he. The tight shots you could see there was a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. He he felt it, man. And I thought that was really cool. I thought. Even the way that the Blazers handled the even Mark Mason, we talked. Is Mark Mason going to go over the top? I thought it was the perfect. Compromise. I thought it was perfect. Where the, he didn't go first, he didn't go last. They, they put him in they the middle. Put Malik, Be- and then, Malik Beasley up, and then in the normal way, and then Mark Mason went from Weber State. Yep, in six foot. I thought three, that was perfect. The letter O, Damian Lillard, and then there was a two minute standing ovation where you could just see it. Yep. Watch over him. Yeah, and then that was that was good. And then they kind of after that, Mason did just rushed right through the rest Giannis, of the yep. Brooke, and, and Doc Rivers, and was or Doc, Middleton, and Doc got booed mercilessly. Yeah, that was funny. And Doc put through like threw his hands up like me. Yeah, all right. And he, right. he, he, he Doc knows how to lean in. Yeah. And uh, real quick, pregame, uh, Doc did his press conference, and he was asked about doing these. He did Kevin Garnett's return yeah. to Minnesota, and he did Patrick Ewing's return to the Knicks. Oh, with Orlando. Yes. <laughs> right? And he goes, I've done a bunch of these. And he goes, as a coach, I hate them because you don't know which way this is going to go. Yeah. And it was very, you know, wise coachy words of like, you just have to take the emotion that comes and then adjust to it. However, like, basically he said, if my guy's going to be useless tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I need. I just need to adjust because you don't know how that guy's going to react. Uh, Sean Hyken, who uh, covered the 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 Bulls when Dwayne Wade went to Cleveland or went back to Miami when he was with Cleveland, said the same thing. Like Wade went to Cleveland, he had an okay game, but Wade post game said I was useless. It was a word like mm-hmm. I felt like it was the one of the worst games I've ever played. And so four it, turnovers for Damian Lillard is a, a little out there. Yeah, and it, like and it was a, it was clunky for it, him. It, well, the, the Bucks are clunky, and we can talk about the Bucks in general, kind of going forward. Yeah, that, it, I have that seeing, in notes. Man. Seeing it in person, it there's some stuff there. Well, but, and we'll, yeah. we'll dive into that. Like, there's a lot of it, mm-hmm. and I think the the final shot really is going to drove that home. Big sign of yeah. things aren't right there. No. Things are not right, and they're not clicking, and it wasn't just an Adrian Griffin problem. Adrian Griffin not being able to handle this situation yes. is get, has gotten it to the point that it can, is. Can Doc put the lasso around That's it? That's going to be yeah. the big point at the right now. So what, did, what was it like in the building, though? Because I, I think on TV, I'll say this. I don't think they did a very good job of truly showing us how loud it was it was because it, it was did... legitimately the loudest it has been since the the 2019 playoffs it, it was when they were counting Giannis off at the line yeah all of the media local national everybody kind of looked around like 
yo. Like there was there was real juice in the arena. It made me kind of stand up and go, oh, that's right. Moda can get this. I mean, this is the crowd had Dame 71 and they've had some other big moments. There's there hasn't since COVID been a moment to look to where yeah. you knew. Like this is a thing. Like this is this is where you know where you were. That this is a build, there's a crescendo, like there's something fundamental about in the door, there's electricity. And with that, the crowd delivered. Talking to Scoot, talking to, to Ryan, talking to See, Sue. That is all something... the kids were Ryan was he was blown away. He goes, Does it get like this? I go, it gets better. And he yeah. goes, Really? Yeah. Like, yeah, man. This when this place gets rocking, it gets rock. Scoot was on tilt See, in the post-game press conference. Rust, were you watching live? Were you watching any of the pre-game stuff? Or? No, I <clears throat> turned it on just after uh, uh, they had finished introducing the Blazers, so I knew that I missed that. Okay. And then I watched basically the first quarter and a half live and then finished the rest of it on See, DVR. I didn't think that they did a great job of of really showing how they didn't loud pipe it, in it was. was. What it was. Like, yeah. It, it, the, especially in the closing minutes, Every time Giannis went to the line, counting him off, it was brutally loud in there. Now, am I just out to lunch? I just not have my TV turned up that loud. You can you can text us on 503-864-6326. I was only watching the Root Sports broadcast, mm-hmm. but it just did not see. I I couldn't get a good feeling. Like it, yeah, oh, I knew it, that there it was, was a, a playoff big ovation. atmosphere. I knew that there was a big ovation. I knew that. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody was was giving him their their love, and you know, Joe Cronin had a weird clap going on. Where I, his, his I hands, couldn't see that because they're standing. Yeah, in front of his me. his hands were like, you mm. know, he was just like, "Are we really clapping this long?" Uh, <laughs> was he doing the Nicole Kidman? It kind of a little bit, like it was just like kept going and and again, but full, I could not house, tell. Though, Jody, Jody was Bert, there. Yeah. Dwayne, Joe, everybody was there. I, I, Hell yeah, we got some text. E. T., text I saw ET. E. I I ran into Evan, got to talk to him for a few minutes. He is. Still insane. Yeah. <laughs> and that's coming still, from you. Yeah, still absolutely insane. Uh, he was great Which to see Which means either him. he's really normal or really crazy. It's <laughs> the second one. It's the second one. That's great. Um, it was great to see him. Uh, and they had probably like 60, 70 people that were sectioned yeah. off underneath uh, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a side spot for, for the, Dame's family and the friends. Little, the little corral that they got there. Oh, no, they, they, they set a whole like additional thing up. Really? Yeah. So um, it was, it the thing was it the emotion didn't stop after the the introduction. It didn't stop after the first tribute video. It didn't stop after the second tribute video. That energy and credit to Scoot Henderson because he rode that wave. And we can talk about him a little bit more when we get going. I think his energy and the way he showed up in that spotlight, number one, was huge for him. But it was huge for the team because he showed up. Ant showed up, Jeremy showed up, DA showed up, Tumani showed up. I mean, there was a marker last night for every single guy that played. Well, let's get to that then, because I, I think one of the cool things was not just Dame's return, the crowd showing out, the way that the organization handled Dame's return, but the Blazers quietly have put three of their best get four of their best games of uh, of the season in a row no no the, the, the last two weeks is the best basketball they have played this season There's and no doubt i don't think that we can we can argue that and we, it shouldn't be overlooked of what actually happened in that game mm-hmm. because the blazers won a game that the milwaukee bucks needed. desperately wanted to win yeah. and they needed it too here's rust with sports center 
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. So a party for Damian Lillard in a basketball game broke out, and the Blazers won it. The Blazers won it. They did. And it was an impressive win. 119-116, Blazers uh, beat the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think if you could write it up as a Blazer fan... Anyway, I and I I thought it was going to happen. I thought Dame was just going to rip our heart out. And oh, buddy, it was like, it was lining up for Dame to have that opportunity. Yep. Uh, but it turns out Brooke Lopez said no. My time. <laughs> Weird move. I, we do have to give a ton of credit to Malcolm Brogdon, who completely broke off from any script and went anyone but him. Yeah. He completely left Brooke Lopez and disregarded Dame's step in and shot for the step back defensively. Yeah. He went to, he knew Malcolm knew that footwork and was like, Mm-mm, not getting me yeah. there. I'm going to go to the step back. But after Brooke took the pump fake, Malcolm, did, Malcolm stunted a little bit. There was, there was a window. There was a there small was a window. window that he could have passed, but he just said, Nope, green light, <laughs> red light, green light, green light. Uh, and the Blazers win, but I think we, when we when we think about that game, start to finish, man, it, it was everything that Blazer fans have have wanted to see. One, this team has now strung together really four games in a row that have been efforts and performances that the fan base can point to and say, "All right, we are seeing a little bit of progress." Right, and it does include that that San Antonio game. Um. Well, I, well, not in a row. The Bulls game was pretty bad. Um, yeah, they just couldn't. Here's the thing. Both those games were fine in the sense of what they tried to accomplish. They just couldn't hit the broadside of a barn yeah. shooting. Yeah. Execution-wise, I thought they were they were good. And We, we and, can go five of six then. We can go five yeah. of six starting in that Oklahoma City game where they got host. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, obviously, the Rockets game uh, that they, they pull out a, a, a W. The Spurs game was to end that road trip was not nearly uh, the abomination that it could have been, and I, I thought the Blazers did play hard in that game. The Bulls game was not great, but then you have the 76ers win and then this Bucks win uh, against, obviously, a very shorthanded 76ers team. We're not going to give them a whole heck of a lot of credit. It is very beneficial when two stars are out. But this was a Bucks team that they, since replacing Adrian Griffin with Doc Rivers, they wanted a win in Denver. They did not get it. They come to Portland. 
they think that this is going to be their get right game and the Blazers handed them a loss, man. And yeah, I, I Damian Lillard did not play his best game. There was a lot of emotion. There was mm-hmm. a lot of stuff weighing on him. But Giannis turning the ball over six times. Uh, was Shout huge. out to Monica Mara for forcing three of those. And that I think is where you go. If you're a Blazer fan, that played out the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Ant plays very well. Yes, against his mentor. Mm-hmm. It's the game winner. Scoot Henderson's first half was, was electric. His, his best first half of the season, maybe his best half of the season. He's had better stat lines, certainly, but not against better personnel. And then Tumani Kamara, a guy that you get as part of that that big trade, he showed out and he played really stinking. And he did all the gritty stuff that it's like, yes, took that's char- what you need to do. Took three charges from Giannis Antetokounmpo, which is the last person in the NBA you want to take a charge from, because none of those were flops. Dude is he got to be tr- sore. He got he got trucked. Talked to him after the game. He was feeling it. He also did a great job on Dame. Yeah, he took Dame on and, and made it difficult for him. And that was the thing about last night is it wasn't just Ant having a forty point night. It wasn't just Da giving you twenty and ten. It wasn't just Jeremy Grant giving you 35 and 5. It wasn't just Malcolm Brogdon giving you 25. It, you look up and down. You look up up and down the entire box score last night. Ant gives you 24, 5, and 3 on 10 of 19, 4 of 9. Great efficiency. Mm-hmm. You get 20 and 11 from DA, who outbattled Brooke Lopez and made him work and was consistently available and opportunistic. He is adamant that on the lob to close the game that Giannis goaltended it. He was the three chances the Blazers had yeah, at that he was, he was absolutely on one after the game talking to him. He was laughing about it, but he, he said his hand was in the rim. He goes, Ooh. that was a goaltend. We're going to get like a last two-minute report on this game and well, find that they missed one in favor of Milwaukee? I haven't been able to watch it back yet because I got home so late last night, but he was adamant that his hand was in the rim. But... With the exception of that group of possessions, which I think the Bucks, you know, play their 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 rear ends off to try to secure that, DA was very effective last night he and was. continues to be that. Jeremy started off very slow and then he decided he wanted to take Malik Beasley and treat him like the too small meme, mm-hmm. where he backed him under the rim four times in a row and said, I'm gonna score. Yeah. And he got rolling. Then Brogdon is rolling. And this all of this though is set up in the first half by Scoot Henderson coming in with his first shift. And we talked about this when Scoot was drafted, how well he played under the lights. And that was kind of the, 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 mm-hmm. he gets up for this. Mm-hmm. This is the first opportunity he has had to do that against Victor Wembanyama in the, the, the G league showcase in, in Vegas last year in December. That was when he kind of caught fire. And so he gets this opportunity last night and he shows out. He throws down that absolute vicious dunk, jumps up in the air, bodies Giannis, finishes an incredible layup. At the end of the quarter, walks the defender down with .8 pulls and knocks down the three to, to make it a 37-30. I mean, he just had play after play after play, and he kept the juices going for the crowd. And you started to get a little, little nibble of what this team could possibly be in a couple years. What I think is is so dramatic in when you watch Scoot is the the command that DeAndre Ayton has on the defense mm-hmm. because he is really good in that mid range that 
they like, he can hit that shot. And he gets it up so quick. It's insane. And so they're not playing off him really mm-hmm. at all. And so it give it, it opens up, spreads the floor so much better. It's a, it's a different kind of gravity, but it's there. But they've also they've been using the vertical gravity of DeAndre Ayton, which in that pick and roll, that spot, it does open up some pockets. And Scoot is learning how to manipulate that space just a little bit better because he did he just didn't have a fundamental understanding of how to do that in the NBA. That it, that was really fun to watch. But something that I, I want to hit on when we get back is. There was a decision at the end that had a lot of people in, in despite there's, there's, a win. There's, there's still a little, some feathers are ruffled. With how good Scoot Henderson played, mm-hmm. the fact that his butt was parked on the bench mm-hmm. in, in, when the rubber met the road. We'll talk about that next. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. All right, the Portland Trailblazers were victorious, 119 to 116. Uh, Noticeably absent was Scoot Henderson, who played really well in his 22 minutes, 15 points, four assists. That's about it. Um, But played really well, I I thought, in, in his time on the floor. It was interesting, though, that a guy who was was playing as well as he was was not really anywhere to be seen when it came to crunch time. So, as the rotations normally go, Scoot is usually going to come out somewhere around the 8 to 10 minute mark left in the fourth quarter, depending on how things are shaking out, because usually Ant's going to come in. Ant basically has the old Damian Lillard rotation, which is play most of the first quarter, or come out with two minutes to go, so you get the extended mm-hmm. break with the, the break yep. between quarters, and then come back in uh, two to three minutes into the second quarter. And it's the same thing in the third and fourth. But when Anthony Simons came back in at the, I want to say it was like the 936 mark, something like that, um, I noticed that it was Tease. I, I, was, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I, I even mentioned it on Twitter. I was like, Chauncey's changing the rotation here. He's giving Scoot a chance. Tease comes out. It's uh, I look back at Mike Richmond, who's been adamant on on Lockdown Blazers. I just give Scoot more time. I go, here's what you wanted. He goes, I didn't want this. I wanted the old guy out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he got Scoot was going to give his chance or get, yeah. getting his opportunity because he earned it. And Chauncey's been very adamant, particularly lately. And, and Scoot has echoed this the the old you keep what you kill mantra. If you're if you're getting it done. Chauncey's going to give you that chance. Well, and I I appreciate the consistency that Chauncey Billups has with with Mm -hmm. this because a lot of coaches will say, yeah, you earn your minutes, but then a guy plays really well and he still gets the hook because, oh, well, it's our rotation. It's what we do. Chauncey is consistent in his messaging and his actions. And his falter. Yeah. So I think that that is where you, you do earn a lot of credibility and credence in the locker room because think of the guys that we've seen earn a longer leash and how the team is actually playing better now that they are getting healthier because of it. Whether it's Jabari Walker, mm-hmm. Duop Reith, yep. Scoot Henderson. Hell, we, we've even seen Tumani Kamara early in the year. He earned those minutes, yes. and Chauncey has been very consistent with that. For the faults that he may have, mm-hmm. that this is something that is very consistent and goes a long way in locker rooms. And this is why I've been so adamant of the they're not going to fire Chauncey is this stuff. Because grand scheme, this stuff 
is more important than X's nose, in my opinion. And I think the front the front office sees it the same way. Now, I again, I've said this a million times. I don't think Chauncey is the best coach I've ever seen in my entire life. But they respond to him. And with this particular stuff, which I value significantly more, they're, the guys are there. Yeah. And they come down the literal next possession on offense, and Scoot has an egregious turnover. And Chauncey read the flow of the game, knowing this is going to be a one-possession game. And I think everybody kind of felt that because each possession was being ratcheted up in intensity, and Chauncey calls a timeout and he got him out. But he gave him the opportunity to succeed or fail. That also goes in line with his consistency and his messaging, right? You will be, if you're going to earn that time, you can lose that time as well. And in a game that means a lot to the Blazers to Mm -hmm. win it, they weren't going to work through some stuff in the the closing minutes. And I I appreciate that. I saw that there was a lot of backlash towards it. And I said, they won the damn game. And the, the way that they closed... It was it wasn't pretty. That's for damn sure. No. But it was a gritty. It was a gritty win for no. This it was, team. and I've seen some people push. Well, what about Anthony Simons and the mistakes he makes? Ant has earned the right to play through those mistakes. Scoot has not. Scoot has not. That's and that's the difference. Is that right now? Scoot Henderson is not capable of going and giving you forty and ten. I think Jeremy, DeAndre, Malcolm, Ant. Those are the that's, four that's, guys. That's the list. Have earn that spot mm-hmm. to work through mistakes. Everybody else, they get that hook. And that is a hierarchy and a pecking order mm-hmm. of an uh, of any professional yes. sports team. And what you do to get that privilege is that when you're given those opportunities, it's not that you succeed 100% of the time. It's that you succeed. And then the next time, maybe you fail and then you succeed because you get just a little bit more leash and then just a little bit more leash. You don't get all six feet. You get it little by little by little. You push the button, and sometimes you push the button that pulls you back in. And that's just how it goes. Ant is in year six. He has earned the opportunity to make a mistake. Scoot has not earned that opportunity yet. But they're giving him the chance to earn it, which is what you want if you're talking about player development, at least in my opinion. That is is a good win for the Blazers. It's understandable the way it all kind of sorted out, but there what what do you think of the X's and O's wise like we got this on the Vancouver Ford text line 503-864-6326. Your dollar goes further at Vancouver Ford. They treat you right before, during and after the sale. Visit them online at vancouverford.com. That says uh the Chauncey had to know the Bucks would smother Simons in the backcourt yet didn't have someone else who who he could get the rid of the ball to. Well, he did have Jeremy. They just they just jumped that. There were some late game kind of head scratchers, mm-hmm. but I don't think I put that on the coach as much as I do. That's on the players. I think Ant would tell you, you he's got to be better on the ball. You have built-ins too mm-hmm. of you go through this in training camp, and it is hey, pressure comes up, we're gonna come, we're gonna come back and have the alleviation mm-hmm. of of that pressure. By whether it was Jeremy mm-hmm. or Jabari comes back, and, you, and you've got to give um, Malik Beasley credit for chasing the ball down and knocking it off hand. Like sometimes players make plays. That's that gets so lost in this in our, in our hurry to to blame or to assign something to like, you know what? Sometimes guys make plays, and that's honestly, it's not sometimes. More often than not, guys make plays, and that's the point. Well, that's that's why they're out there. Yeah, it's like it? like. Tip your cap to him. Like Malcolm Brogdon running at Damian Lillard last night when he's going into the step back and completely leaving Brooke Lopez, who is a very good and capable shooter, 
That's Malcolm Brogdon making a play. Everybody's like, oh, you, absolutely disgusting stuff by Brooke Lopez to look this off. Like, no, they made Brooke Lopez think <laughs> because they made a play. I, I, I saw Bucks fans last night. Like, I can't believe Dame didn't take the shot the first time. He had an opportunity. I'm like, when? When DeAndre Ayton was right in front of him or Malcolm Brogdon was in his face? I'm just like, <laughs> guys, maybe just go, hey, nice play, Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> You you forced the ball into not Damian Lillard's hands. You know what I mean? It's just, it's like that that to, to me last night. There, there, I've seen a bunch back back and forth of like, well, the Bucks didn't play very good defense. And listen, putting Jay Crowder on yeah, Anthony but... Simons at forty feet that was a choice. That man just he's a shell of himself, and Ant got wherever he wanted against him. But I thought the execution by both teams last night was very high. It was. That was actually a good game. It was a fun game it was to watch. A it was a good high, game to watch. High-level basketball was played. The shot-making from the Blazers last night, I'm not talking about the percentages, although the percentages were good. The shot-making last night was obscene. Ant, Malcolm, Scoot, Jeremy, Tumani with a running hook at the at the shot clock buzzer that uh, he was at, Chauncey Bells was asking the postgame about that. And he laughed and said, that's the first time any of us have seen that shot from him. And he's, well, he said, you need to put that to bed? <laughs> you need to put, put that to bed. You can just put that one to bed. And somebody said, he's shooting 100%. He goes, that's where it'll stay. Yeah. You know, like, let's. No, give him more of the running hook. <laughs> Come on, it's the unblockable shot. We need more hook shots. When he took it, I, I would say that the, the vast majority of the media section's eyebrows went, oh, as everybody went raised, like, that was that was that was a shot. That was a thing. That was a shot. It certainly, a thing. we see. But that's that's the kind of thing that you you see. You don't look like at that and go, "Yeah, see, he's he's developing as a player." It's like, no, he's that's a player developing in the moment. It's not about the shot that he took. It's about recognizing what needed to be done and not being afraid of the moment. That's the growth that I think you saw from the Blazers last night. Yes, they made obscene shots. But you're not talking about, oh, yeah, no, this guy worked on his bag all season long, and this is you're seeing that show now. No, you're seeing guys be comfortable and familiar and more in tune with who they need to be, where they need to be, and when they need to be it. And that's translating to actual results on the floor. And I think that's the biggest theme to take away from that game last night. We'll have more on this, including uh, the text of, does Brooke Lopez really hate Damian Lillard? <laughs> Uh, more, as the, more coming up next as the show goes on but we the the coaching carousel in the NFL has come to a halt and the Seahawks are introducing their man that's how where we start our number two before we get back to the Blazers and Damian Lillard the 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 welcome back and where the Blazers go from here this is Danny and Dusty on the fan Danny and Dusty my uncle Gus is the uncle that liked to work the grill as soon as you walk in the house, it's like, get away from that grill. You don't know how to start no fire. With the latest on the Blazers, Ducks, Beavers, and the hottest topics in sports. We're going to eat a hamburger, okay? Here we go. Chatter, throw the match. Now that's a fire. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. I'm not cooking a Brontosaurus burger. The Fan. Hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you on this Thursday. A lot of Blazers action that we've talked about in hour number one. Go check it out in the Audio Vault, Odyssey app, 1080thefan.com, wherever you get your podcast. Jeff Russ does a great job of putting those up there. That's where we let Jeff Russ uh, simmer uh, is with the podcast. 
you simmer there. We let you cook on the air. How you doing, Rust? <laughs> hey, we got the 1080 the fan uh, inaugural winter golf classic out of X Golf Tualatin. Indeed, X Golf Vancouver. It is Tuesday. Tuesday, February twenty seventh. Not, not this, not this not Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. February twenty seventh. Although. It is the shortest month of the year. It is. So you don't have long to wait to get to, you know, the end of February. It's the second to last day in February. And as an X-Golf customer, I am on the, mm-hmm. the X-Golf email list. And I got the email this morning. It was kind of fun. Is it leap year? Uh, I got the email of, hey, this is filling up fast. Hey, it's a leap like, year. Like, make sure you you sign up for this. And I will tell you, everything we've ever done with X-Golf, and every time I've ever been to X-Golf, anytime right. they do any of these kind of things, they do fill up fast. It's badass. So we, uh, we do threesomes in this. Mm. Um, so Menage Guelph. Uh, I think Trois is the three, right? I just said, I is just, it Trois? Yeah, I just, what I just, is Menage? What, is, I, what I, I, does I, Menage mean? Group of group of three, I would imagine. I don't know what it means. I don't speak French. Uh, <laughs> oh, Baxter, you know, I don't speak Spanish. Uh, but sign your threesome up now. You can choose from either the noon. Or 4 p.m. round at either X-Golf well, I mean, yeah, location. I mean, if you're talking about like mm-hmm. Latin roots, like a menagerie is a group of. A group? So yes. it's a group of three. So if you're talking like Latin to French. Menage. So menage a trois does work yeah. for group of this three. golf. Huh. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll be there broadcasting from X-Golf Vancouver. Isaac and Sue can be at X-Golf Tualatin. Winning threesomes. Going to get a foursome at this summer's 10th annual Fan Golf Classic, which uh, we can't say anything now. We just got a super confidential email, though. About the Fan Golf Classic. <laughs> Ten years running. Uh, the last place to read some, though, you're going to get free X Golf lessons. Because if you're taking last in this so, tournament, come suck. you need it. <laughs> Damn, that's the second one. Nailed it. <sighs> All right, go to 1080thefan.com today for, or for more information and to sign up. Uh, get your threesomes going at 1080thefan.com. How many of these am I supposed to get? Sweet fancy Moses. I can only work so fast over here. I'm just reading the script here, bro. I don't know what you want me to do here, brother. All right. Uh, the coaching carousel has come to a stop. Probably not where anybody expected it. Uh, his name was all over the place, but it didn't seem like anybody wanted it. Yeah. Dan Quinn is going to be the next head coach of the Washington Commanders. So close to being Dan Quayle in D.C. It's Dan Quinn in D.C., though. <laughs> Can he spell potato? <laughs> that whoever runs the social media, it would be a deep cut. But if like, can you spell potato and just have him nail it, just so he doesn't get that's Dan right. Quinned. This seems like a team that they appeared to have their ducks in a row the earliest. They went out; they were the the first team to hire their GM. Mm-hmm. They were doing interviews and were aggressive in the interview process. The first to kind of get out ahead of things, the last to hire the coach and. Mm-hmm. We went over the three best remaining candidates, and he was, not on that list. He was fourth. <laughs> it was a top three, and he was not there. And look, I don't think Quinn's a bad coach. I just, number one. Dude, coached in the Super Bowl yeah. and had a 28-3 to lead. Yeah, I, I just, number one, I love Vrabel. Uh, yeah. Belichick's resume speaks for itself. And if you're looking for the non-recycled coach, McDonald was, was the rising star at 36 years old. Yeah, Dan Quinn didn't really meet any of the... In prime, very successful, or up and coming. Still good. I was a little bit surprised that after Ron Rivera, defensive-minded coach, retread, and that's not a disrespect to Ron Rivera, but like when you've been through the cycles and been on multiple teams, you become a retread, mm-hmm. that they went retread. Absolutely. 
But at the same time, like Mike Vrabel would have been a retread. Bill Belichick would have been a retread. Mm-hmm. I think there's distinguished a... retreads, but so is Dan yes. Quinn, who went to a Super Bowl. It's fair. It's fair. Yeah. Things did melt down mm. and fall apart around him, and everybody's like, wow, is just a product of Kyle Shanahan. Well, it's a product of hiring a defensive coach, is what it is, because you make a good coordinator hire, and that offensive coordinator is brilliant and he does everything that you need. Well, guess what happens? He goes and gets a head coaching job, and Kyle Shanahan is a really dang good coach. We know that. Mm-hmm. He's coaching in the Super Bowl next Sunday. Mm-hmm. No. Next Sunday. Next Sunday. Ne- 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 not this Sunday. Ne- next, next, next Sunday. Next Sunday. Double not next this, Sunday. No, 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 no. This Sunday would be the the upcoming one. Next Sunday. Is that is how you do after. that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is the one that's directly in front of us and then the next one. Okay. I, yeah. w- I would have said the next Sunday is in... Okay. Fine. <laughs> Either way, he's coaching in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> and that was where Dan Quinn, you, he couldn't fill his shoes. And those are going to be impossible to fill when you have a guy like Kyle Shanahan and then the roster turnover. And that inherently comes with going to a Super Bowl. People pillage your roster, whether you win or lose. And that's what Atlanta was up against and he he was unable to fulfill it. To replicate it, sure. It, he falls on his face. He was a great defense coordinator in in Dallas. I, even though you know people want to say it was turnover luck, and you know you can't look at what happened at the end when they give up you know a fifty spot to Dame near to the in uh, Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. You give up what was it forty five points in the final game? Like that's our most recent memory. And you're like, okay, yeah, that's the guy we want. Who in crunch time his defense completely disappeared. Yeah, the, well, they, they I, have multiple instances of turnover luck going your way. I tend to believe it's not necessarily turnover luck as much as it is. Over several years? Yeah, that's probably what you're creating as opposed to just natural turnover luck. Whatever it is, it doesn't seem like this was Washington's first, second, third, or fourth pick. But Dan Quinn is the guy now. In that vein, before anybody kills it, and this is, I should include myself in this, I didn't think it was a great hire. But Pete Carroll was not the Seahawks' first choice. Pete Carroll was not the, 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 you know, USC's first choice. You get these instances that pop up, that come around, and you kind of go, well, maybe I guess we'll go with this guy. And then it ends up being the right guy. So it's not always the first choice guy that makes the Absolutely most sense. Absolutely not. It, the, the circumstances that may lead you to somebody else. They may not always be the best, but when you get down that road, when it, you know, push comes to shove, that ends up being the right guy. Remember the 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 D'Amico Ryan stuff and, and how awfully it went with Houston on the way out. When that job ends up coming open and he goes back and takes that job, remember the the kind of the war like that's that did not end well. Why we're gonna go down this road, right? And it was you're settling for a guy who is a defensive coordinator on Kyle Shanahan's baby of a team that uh-huh. is offensively led, and he has all these first round picks, you know, on his defense. And now, how is D'Amico Ryan's view? It is a leader of men opportunity. Yeah, and Dan Quinn, as a leader of men, got the Falcons to a Super Bowl, and other things kind of fell apart around him. The interesting part for me will be, all right. What does Josh Harris's ownership look like? Mm-hmm. 
Adam Peters, who was the first GM hire of this cycle in Washington, what does his leadership look like? Their talent evaluation, how they draft, how do they what they can do to to support Dan Quinn. Because truly, that's what all of these head coaches mm-hmm. are dependent on. You're dependent on your quarterback, number one, who they're going to draft. And so they need, this is going to be the hard part too. You've got to nail your coordinator hire and make sure his ass doesn't leave because you're going to stunt the development and growth of a of young quarterback. You get. And that's that's the, the most important part of this is what does that the coordinator group look like and what does the support and infrastructure look like and what choices do they make in their first draft because that's the that's where it all dovetail from. Do they go quarterback? Is the quarterback there that they want? Are they going to reach for it? Are they going to say, no, we're not. We're not going to Carolina Panthers hey. this. Hey. And instead we're going to go get weapons or go get other – tools first let's say they don't rate drake may have you heard what the latest rumor is which one chicago would be willing to move back and they go get caleb williams and they bring caleb williams back to dc yeah and they get a haul they get a haul rg3-esque right where they moved up a few spots to get rg3 and back to back they paid the, the piper doing that and then not getting a quarterback all this out of this would be the most bearsian thing it would be dude they got their guy it would be the most stockholm syndrome thing of like we're actually not allowed to have a good quarterback yeah. so we'll just get like all of the other things and then yeah. eh, we'll figure it out yeah they'll just uh, detroit did it with jared goff yeah. like Who's <laughs> magnitudes better than Justin Fields. You don't know that yet. Just give him a chance. Just give him a chance. I honestly hope that the Bears do do that just so they have another another mark on their... Look, everything that you hear right now is smoke. Sure. It's all smoke. But, it's all smoke. But my point being with the Commanders, let's let's say that they, that they stay at three, and Drake May is the guy there, and they don't rate Drake May. Maybe they, they see him as... You got like, some warts. Look, sure. They they see him as another North Carolina quarterback that doesn't have a ton of it's not four years worth of tape, but it wasn't otherworldly. It's it we're not gonna go down that road. But instead, maybe there is another team that wants a quarterback and they trade up and they trade back and they do what the Texans or the Bears did last year. And they they go get their other guys. And, you know, you go get an offensive lineman and one of the wide receivers. And then you're in the next draft and you're trying to you're you you will get your quarterback next year. Because you're still not going to be good because you have so many holes to fill. But you're, the backbone of your team is starting to be built on everything else and you're looking for your quarterback. I think it's going to be very interesting just to see kind of how the commanders, are they going to try to rush this and force this? Because we need our quarterback now mm-hmm. and go from there. Or are they going to build this team really like every other great team has been built right now, which is go get everything else and plug your young quarterback. Well, Adam in. Peters as well, he comes from the San Francisco 49ers where their draft in talent evaluation has been top-notch. And they went and did everything else and then got their quarterback. The that Eagles went and did everything else, got their quarterback. I mean, you just look down the list of every, the, the Chiefs for years. They had everything else. Mahomes comes along behind Alex Smith. There you go. That's what the Bears are waiting for. And <laughs> So go get the quarterback. Oh, I wait, love, they still need the other thing still. I would love if the Bears traded back to two and then just drafted Jaden Daniels and they have two Justin Fields oh on their my team. God. <laughs> you know what? For the content. For the content. For the content. Make it happen. Well, I'm, I am all for it. We have uh, the final hire of the eight is in place. It is uh, Dan Quinn in Washington. I believe he's the... Sixth best hire 
of this s- s- cycle. Harbaugh, clear cut number one. Yeah. It's a big fall off after that. And my number two might surprise people. Mm. I think it's Raheem Morris in Atlanta. Oh. Yeah. I like Raheem Morris a lot. Okay. Talent talent developer. They need a quarterback, obviously. <clears throat> but leader of men, he's got that quality about him. And I think you and I both sit on this on the same side of the of, of the of the pier was... when it comes to that stuff. I'd much rather in my head coach have that guy. Than the super heavy X's and O's guy, and he is a he. He took over an S show in Tampa. Like people oh, forget yeah, no, that, how that was scraping awful. the barrel from from the, the the transition period from that oh, last good Bucks team. So I mean, that bad. was that was that to go full Buccaneers. That was a swashbuckling bucket yeah. of crap. I think number three is your Raiders and Antonio Pierce. Though you get a guy who is leader, the players, men, coach. players, coach type thing. He needs to still hire an offensive coordinator. I think that that has the biggest amount of variance. It's either I think I don't think it's a hire that goes okay. I think it's a hire that goes incredibly well or crashes into the cliffs. Absolutely. I don't. I don't think there's an in between with that hire. There isn't. But I also think the upside of that hire is very high. And I think that's where everybody outside of Harbaugh is kind of lumped in that same category. Because that's where you go, after that I'll go Seahawks and, and Mike McDonald, who I have love what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And you talk about the leader of men qualities. He's got that yep. in spades. Then you go like the Gerard Mayo, also smart as a whip. Can, but can, can he be D'Amico Ryan's 2.0? He is a guy who connects with players a lot better than Bill Belichick did. Then Dan Quinn, then Dave Canales. Like they that was whoa. But I think the worst hire is uh is Tommy Callahan in Tennessee. I know that's not his name, but mm-hmm. uh, I like Tommy Boy that much. I, I, I was Brian Callahan. Yeah, I liked it. I like it. I, I like I, I going and getting Cincinnati's offensive coordinator is like <laughs> good luck. Okay. You're the one with a shell on it. Yeah. A lot of people go to college for seven years. Yeah. Oh my god, my They're family's in that car. They're called doctors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like the lighting the model on fire is a very mm. uh synonymous with what the Tennessee Titans did with the was it was it the owner or was it the GM that hated Vrabel? Uh, uh, yes. But, yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I think they're gonna they're gonna have their uh a, a, a fine slice of Tennessee's humble pie when when they get to the other side of that coaching tree. Bill Belichick, according to Diana Rossini, was contacted and interviewed for this job. He was considered, and he had the stamp of approval from decision makers, according to uh, reports that are out there. Shouts to, to uh, whoever Bill Belichick's agent mm-hmm. is for getting that out there. Yeah. Yeah. He was on the list, but... He wasn't chosen over Dan Quinn. I don't know if you necessarily want that out well, there. Well, the but stamp hey. of approval for decision makers sounds like it may be from them inside, and somebody's like, "Look, they thought Belichick was going to be the guy." <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm. that may be where that one lies. But Mike Vrabel, no job. Bill Did, Belichick, does, he, does Vrabel no just, job? Just not does he sit out the year, or does he get a coordinator or a analyst? I don't know if they're going to pay you. Just sit out. Party for a year, get your resume, throw, and then throw Vrabel on TV. Tell it, oh yeah, throw tell, Vrabel on t- that. Now, now I'm in. Throw Vrabel on TV. Vrabel on TV. Yeah. Eric Bieniemy is without a job right oh, now. That's right. God, that was quick. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's, Raiders. He's got to no. Well, Raiders. I'm not against that. Okay. All let's right. let's. You know what? Vrabel, defensive coordinator. <laughs> Bieniemy, offensive oh. coordinator. Let's go. Didn't they hire a DC? Yeah, they did. Okay. They got a guy. Yeah. 
But the, a guy can have a guy. Hey, does Brooke Lopez hate Damian Lillard? <laughs> Next on The Fan. Get your threesomes going. Danny and Dusty on The Fan. Lopez hate Damian Lillard. That seems to be like a narrative that's coming out of last night's Bucks loss to the Portland Trailblazers because there were, it wasn't just at the end of the game. You can say this. It wasn't just at the end of the game where Brooke Lopez got the ball, had an open look, and we need mm-hmm. to call it what it is. Brooke Lopez is a guy who, his stature in the league, doesn't he, isn't he still? The Nets all-time leading scorer. But doesn't he have the most three-pointers made in Nets history too? Yes. I, I thought I saw that. I don't know that for, for certain. I'll, but I'll double check it. Yeah. I'm almost certain. Dude has earned that over his career, that he is a reliable shooter and can shoot the three ball. And he was wide open. Oh, Joe Harris passed him. Joe Harris? Yeah. Okay. So you have a guy who, but we knew that moment and what it was. Mm-hmm. And that, well, look, was to go to Dame. Yeah, to the, hit the, a three. the play was designed for Dame off the, off the DHO coming off, off the pin down. Um, again, Malcolm Brogdon did a fantastic job of completely playing the anyone but him coverage. It was really well defended by Ma- Malcolm Brogdon. And I don't know. I, I wasn't able. Suck to... when he's gone next week. <laughs> well, <laughs> and we are a week away from the NBA trade deadline. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit today as we get a little primer. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't get to ask Chauncey or Malk about that particular play other than Chauncey said you know Malk made a hell of a play which I would imagine that was Malk maybe breaking off and just making a play which I, Chauncey gives them the leeway to do Did especially it. a guy like Malk and if you're going to do it to somebody it's to that guy it's to Damian Lillard you don't let him get into that going left step back fadeaway three and you live with Brooke Lopez if Brooke Lopez hits that three you know what you do you tip your cap because it wasn't that guy yep it's not the guy that you want to rip your heart out on his welcome home and it's not even just that it's that player who's the guy who does that (laughs) that guy that guy and you you want to put that pressure on the other guy like if that i still have no idea how the hell the ball was inbounded to Giannis Antetokounmpo when the Blazers did not have a foul to give yeah. Four, 4.6 seconds remaining. Yeah. And they inbounded Giannis, and I, I was either two or Malk was like, no, it was Jeremy. Immediately. I'm fouling. <laughs> no, we're going to put you at the line, buddy. Yes. They count him off. He bricks the first. He intentionally misses the second. Done. Hey, good on Rip City, too. Very first free throw of the game. You can get caught up in the emotions of they it. They went right into counting. They went right to counting. Caught all of us off guard. That's really, that's some good fanning. Whoever did that. Great job. Applaud you. Great job. I don't know if like the the stunt team, you know, they kind of lead the cheers and stuff like that. I don't know if they went around and was like, hey, we're going to do this, or if that was a group of guys that just got into it right at, like, they knew. But that's the kind of thing you usually see in the playoffs. That was the only thing that seemed really loud on the broadcast. And it was. The, 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 the last two times he went to the line, it was roaring oh, through there. Okay, but back to the bit larger question here. Mm. It wasn't just that final shot where mm. Brooke Lopez you know got the ball pump faked still didn't pass it took a step in and took the shot go. it looks like there is some frustration and lack of cohesion between he and Damian Lillard like the chemistry is just not 
there with those two guys. And it's not just them, it's the entire team. And this is the, the crazy thing about this team. They have the second-best offense in NBA history right now, and you wouldn't know it by watching them because they are clunky, and that is the main reason Adrian Griffin was fired. Because there is not... When we talk about the pecking order with the Blazers and the establishment, that is... In the last three weeks, that has been established. And there is a hierarchy now that makes sense. It's not this mess, which is why I think you saw... Every good company has it. Yes. And that's... The hierarchy has not been established. And it's Giannis's team. And I will tell you unequivocally, Damian Lillard knows and respects that. He is... If anything, he is trying to fit in probably too much. And that's one of the weird things. They have two of the most likable, charismatic people... In the NBA, in Giannis and Dame. And I think... In the Lopez brothers. And Giannis has won a title, and I think Giannis is hesitant because he wants to do it his way. This is not unique to Giannis. Anybody who's ever won a title, once they win one, I know how to do this. Whether it's Steph, whether it's LeBron, whether it's KD. Remember, KD, I can go somewhere else and do this. I'm going to go to Brooklyn. I'll do it with James and Kyrie. I've won a title. Wrong. No. 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 That's not how this works. And so... That's the reason Doc was brought in. And I've been told from multiple people that Doc has already come in and ripped guys apart in film sessions just in their couple of games and taken some tape from previously and gone, we brought in, this organization brought in Damian Lillard for the final four minutes of the game. Why is Damian Lillard, why are you not getting Dame the ball? And that's not to say Giannis is the better player. Giannis is going to go down as a top 15 player to ever play this game. Ever. Ever. That is not what this is about. What this is about is the offense should start with a guy whose entire career has been predicated about being a number one offense unto himself. Having a healthy, functional Damian Lillard allows you the opportunity to have the best offense in the NBA. Just him. There's, he looks off. It, 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 nothing matches up. And he looks off. There is a hesitance, I think, from Giannis. I think there's a hesitance from Chris Middleton. I think there's a hesitance from Brooke Lopez. And it's not all directed at Dame. It's there's there and this is what always happens with every title contending team is there are competing agendas and not necessarily agendas that are selfish. Chris Middleton is trying to get healthy and find his way again after injuries and being in and out and being inconsistent. He's finally confident and healthy again. So he's trying to show I'm still that guy that can be your your Robin. But he's not, but not he, he's not Lopez. Batman or Robin. Because it's Damon Giannis. And I think that there's there's a little bit of push pull there. Giannis doesn't want to cede the offensive control because, hey, we want a title with me as the offensive linchpin. We can do this. But that was pulling teeth. That, what you just, everything that you just laid out right there mm -hmm. is why I believe Chris Bosch deserves way more credit, All the credit in the world. than he has ever gotten in his career. Seamless. He was the guy in Toronto, mm -hmm. he was the number one. 24 and 10. And he went to a number three. And he was a chameleon. Mm -hmm. Did all of the dirty work for them defensively. Just fit in. And that is not an easy nope. thing, man. Because these guys are all alphas. Because we, all there. And when you think about, you know, Boston's big three, mm -hmm. where Ray Allen, he wasn't, he wasn't that, he was a shooter. He was a shooter, but he knew his place. He knew where his role was, and it wasn't to, when he came from Milwaukee, it wasn't that he's that number one. He's not getting 26 a game anymore. It was he. He was different than what Bosch is. I think what we have here in Milwaukee is a little bit more of that they need, Miami pull the, for the, control, the and nobody year. is 
nobody's sliding to the back as easily as Chris Bosh did. Well, not only that, remember LeBron tried to get Spo out of there in Miami in the first year. Oh, no way. LeBron James tried to get a coach out? And what happened was, is Pat Riley said, get bent. That's not happening. Yeah. And that, but that's because they had faith in Spo. Whereas the Bucks, it was very clear that they did not respect Adrian Griffin. And that's why they brought in Doc. Argue with the tactics and the process all you want. They are going to respect Doc, and Doc is going to tell them what is what. And he's going to go in that room and go, do you want to win a title or not? Takes time. Because this is what needs to happen. This guy needs to run the offense. You guys need to fall in line. You guys brought this guy in for the final four minutes every single night. And if you're not going to do that, what are we doing here? Yeah. And that's yep. that's really what the Bucks are going to have to work through over the next two weeks. And then let's see where they go. When it comes to talent and who I believe in most, I will take that Milwaukee Bucks team and roster at the top end over every other team in the league. This is in the infancy. Well, they're back to November right now. They truly are. It's a reset. It is. They're truly back in November where they are reestablishing the pecking order, who's in control, and... Doc Rivers has got a, a task ahead of him. What's incredible about what they've been able to do? I mean, you said it. It's the second best offense in the NBA, and in NBA history, they are <laughs> they are this clunky, and they're currently the two seed in the East. They it's, are the it's, two it's, seed it's in the East. It's a good problem to have. And nipping on their heels is a team that had to go fourteen and two in the month of January. The New York Knicks, who are still just to catch back, back up. Like that is that's where they've been. It was the It'll best month for the time. New York Knicks since 1994. That's wild. <laughs> so, it's a good problem to have, and that's why I... And you know what? I still hate John Starks 30 years later. There you go, right? So, there yeah. you go. And it all, it all comes full circle. It's always, it always comes back to John Starks. That's, how, that's the saying, right? God, I hated him. <laughs> all right, coming up next, our worst day on the web. Uh, I've got a couple to choose from. I'm not sure which way I'm going to go, but first, here's the big kahuna with the Sports Center update. Hamburgers, the cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. It's time for today's worst day on the web with Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Well, that sucks. So I love it when we have these opportunities where one of us hasn't seen these and the way that these come out because the surprise on the on the back end of it is always fantastic. It's always worth it. So we talked about the LSU Alabama baseball scandal. Can I just say with the music playing in the back, the clown music, the little circus music, mm -hmm. and Danny dropping a when it comes out on the backside, mm. that could be a perfect little drop. I like that. It all comes together. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So no, no, no. It's perfect. We make sure make sure we're keeping Jeff Russ busy. He doesn't have anything to do back there. He's Let just listening simmer. to us. Let him simmer. Gotta hit you guys. <laughs> uh, but for those unfamiliar. Uh, on April 28th of last year, there was a betting scandal that involved Alabama and LSU, where a coach was uh, sending information to a better in Cincinnati. The okay, baseball coach the at baseball Alabama. Coach at yeah. Alabama was going to make a pitching change, and it was going to directly impact the result of this game. <laughs> yeah. And he was sending it to somebody in Cincinnati who was at the, the ballpark there. It's Great up, America uh, ballpark. Yep, right up against where the Cincinnati Reds play. And... Um, which makes this uh, wire fraud, which makes it so much better, but um, was giving him live information and trying to get him to rush and place the bets 
before he told the LSU coach and it was updated and everybody knew. So this is from the affidavit, and I have to read all of this. It's going to get a little wordy for a second. And can we can we set the table with the way that it was presented when it first happened was it was just an innocuous text between the two where it was like, hey, do you, who's starting for you? And the, the Bama coach was like, well, so-and-so is starting. It was like a— That's how it was presented. That's not how it ended up. Okay, so hit hit me with it. Okay, so this is the actual this is this is the legal text. So it gets a little wordy, but okay. it's going to add all of the context. Shortly after receiving electronic messages from Bohannon, the coach, the better attempted to place a hundred thousand dollar wager on the LSU baseball <laughs> at the sports book at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. Just a regular just season a, baseball just game, a regular college baseball <laughs> game of which they had received three total bets on. The sportsbook staff limited the better to a $15,000 wager because what the hell are you betting 100 Gs on this game for? Yeah. The better then attempted to place additional wave wagers involving the Alabama versus LSU baseball game, but the sportsbook staff de- declined the wagers due to suspicious activity, like trying to bet multiple monies on multiple <laughs> bets across an LSU-Alabama game in April uh, in Cincinnati. Bet 100 large. His defense in this... Should just be. It just means more. But, like, why do you want a hundred thousand? It just means more. But wait, wait, wait until I okay. get to this. Okay. Uh, the suspicious activity included the better's insistent demeanor to get the bet placed and statements to the sportsbook staff that the bet was, and I quote, "for sure going to win." <laughs> and if only you guys knew what I knew. So this idiot was like basically saying, I've got inside knowledge. I've got the hook. I'm going to win. The suspicious activity also oh included the God. better showing sportsbook staff messages from Bohannon and explaining that the messages were Bohannon, informing the better that Alabama was scratching its starting pitcher before the game and before Bohannon alerted LSU. Okay. So- I often show my crimes... <laughs> well, directly to the people actually, that I'm do. committing them against. You do. This is this is akin to the guy who goes and robs the bank with a letter note that says, "I'm robbing the bank." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put the money in the bag. Like that. That's what he did. I, the stupidity of this man to say, "Hey, I'm going to take your money from your business," as if. The role of the sports book is not to win their money and to keep their money. He was basically like, you know what? No, your job is to just give me money. Like there's some sort of ATM. The level of insanity in this. I love how dumb this guy is. Did you ever watch the Ballad of Buster Scruggs? No. It was a Netflix. No, thing. Netflix, yeah. The, Came out during the, the pandemic. Yeah. There there's a the simplicity in the stupid kind of opening scene to the whole thing that very much kind of falls in line with this of like they try to like walk in through that you don't really want to do this we're not going to let you do this okay now you're dead <laughs> it, it, it kind of that's processes it. through that and that's ex- all I could think of as, as I'm reading this deposition is going oh my god this you wouldn't believe it if I showed you and then he showed him <laughs> this is all time I, like at it, it, as it played out a year ago, almost mm-hmm. it was how can somebody be this dumb? Now turns out they're even dumber, way dumber. Like 
And that's the thing about this sometimes is the brazen audacity or brazen stupidity. Sometimes we just aren't willing to accept that Alabama will Alabama. That it just means more. Like just shout out to uh, oh, this is so good. Uh, Tom Segura, who you know said uh, I've been to Louisiana and they should build a fence around Louisiana <laughs> because those Cajun people are insane. And I think the yeah about the that general part of the country could be fenced off for it's just brazen stupidity at times. The, now, do we know how much this guy frequents that sports book? You know, it wasn't it wasn't in what I what I'm I had here. Not much anymore. <laughs> well, obviously not anymore. He's probably eighty six. I would imagine trying to you know steal money from the casino. Eighty sixth, he may be the silver bracelets, man. Like, well, I mean, this, this, is, this is wire fraud. It, yes, you're going so, across state lines mm-hmm. to. Is it? Does that qualify? Yes. As wire it, fraud? It, yeah. Anytime you try to c- commit any kind of financial crime across state lines, it well federally it falls under under wire fraud. I don't know if they'll actually push it that way. So what we're saying here is that if you're going to do this, just spread it out, right? <laughs> And don't tell anybody. Yeah, you sprinkle. Yeah, don't tell everybody your genius plan. This is like Danny Ocean going into the casino and like throwing out the elaborate plan. Oh God, this guy. These well, these two guys because one of them obviously is literally a know, manager of a, of a of a, a college ba- baseball team. Like, yeah, we we know that Bohannon knows what the rules are because you are. It is beat over your damn head mm-hmm. and stapled to every wall and your forehead. And if you are not, like, with the players that do it, it's like, you know what the rules are because they tell you time and time and time again. Like, for the NFL, for the Super Bowl this week, right? Or next week. You have players... Kept off the strip. ...cannot go... Well, play any player playing in the Super Bowl or with the teams cannot go even to a play a table game. Which is so dumb. NFL players that are not participating in the Super Bowl... They cannot even go into a sportsbook section of a casino. They can go to a casino. Which you that, cannot that's go. That's the one I get. You cannot go to a sportsbook until the game is over. Sportsbook, fine. I yeah. get that. Yeah. Tables, what the hell? But but that's for any player, like not like if they you're don't want a anybody C- getting kneecapped before the C- Super Bowl. If you're a Seahawks player, you can't go. You can go and play table games. Mm-hmm. You can't go to a sports book until the game. Look, is over. if you're a professional and athlete and you're an active professional athlete, you just should not be in a sports book. If go somewhere and do it online, it just the the yeah the seeing those two things optics is not optics great. is just yeah just stay away from that. But so, the tables, which is funny because at summer league for the NBA, if you you go into the win, like I, I sat down at a table with with Luke Walton. I'm sitting down right. with, with players regularly. Like it's nothing. But you know, if I know these rules, they know, they know the rules. They know the rules incessantly. So they know exactly what is. And if you don't, if you play the I didn't know, you're just not listening, and you are special kind of dumb dumb. If you are a manager of a baseball team, you 100 percent know the rules because you have to convey them to your players as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just a compliance thing, and they're like, okay, you're done. No, 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 no. You have to know. So the the, the Alabama manager and Skip, and I'm going to assume that those text messages that were sent to uh, Stupid Criminal mm-hmm. in Ohio. Number one. I'm assuming if he was brazen and dumb enough to just go to the employee and be like, no, this is a done deal, 
The text was, do you have inside information so I can place my bets at the Great American Ballpark Sportsbook? Like, he probably laid this out crystal clear to Bohannon, who was like, yeah, I do. I'm going to scratch my starting pitcher. I would bet on LSU here. Bank it. Yeah. Did we? Did, I, sorry, I was missed it gathering drops uh, from you guys. Did we get to the uh, penalties yet for Bohannon? No. no what is it? Seen, what do we got here? Uh, I saw there's a 15 year show cause. Yeah. 15. 15 year show cause. <laughs> and if he does land another job in this 15 year period, <laughs> he is suspended for 100% of the regular season, the first five seasons. Y'all pray for it. Roll Tide. It just means more. So did he win? <laughs> did he win the bet? Did he at least have some money to to sit on here? Good God! But you know what? You know what this guy's gonna do? Hmm. He's probably get inside go, information from another no, school. No, he's probably gonna become probably more wealthy than he was being the Alabama baseball coach because he's gonna coach some travel team and parents are gonna pay an ungodly amount of money for their kids to be coached by this guy i I do believe i saw a screenshot with a a, a tweet attached to it that said uh uh, was it skeens paul skeens is that the pitcher the lsu kid yeah yeah apparently he pitched like six good innings but the bullpen almost blew it i believe what i saw Ooh, hey yo so it almost almost got spicy oh gosh wouldn't it be funny if if, if they let him lay the hundred thousand dollar bet and it didn't hit it would be the the, it, it would actually be the most fitting into this story. Yeah, so we're here to collect that 100000 Oh. Uh, about okay. that. Do you take kneecaps? <laughs> this I is an IOU. Is. You're going to want to hang on to this. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's a big one. That's yeah. a, ooh, that's a big one. It's a Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Shout out Stupid Criminals. We love them. Keep them coming. Yeah. Uh, if you if you come across them, uh, <laughs> send, send them to my dad, Danny and Dusty. This Vancouver Ford tech side. He's going to be doing sports betting commercials on 1080 The Fan. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and we did have the Tim Donaghy ad. Yeah. And we did have that. Yeah. That was there. Yeah. That was a thing. It still yeah. made me still made me wonder. Was it that Tim Donaghy? Yeah. He was. No, yeah. no, he's okay. that's what he's doing now. Out in the open, good, brazenly. Good, good for him. <sighs> I guess. All right. Well, shout out stupid I, criminals. I mean, I take his word for it. No, I mean he's clearly plugged in. Hey man, Scott Foster. Hey, the guy knows. The guy knows. Uh, coming up next, we'll take a little dive into into college football, the Senior Bowl. There's a, a bunch of Ooh. fun stuff coming out of that. Uh, as more and more uh, big names are showing up the Senior Bowl, Senior Bowl this year, you're getting more opportunities for those guys uh, as they get ready to show out for uh, the upcoming NFL Draft. Danny and Dusty, Tenny the fan. When it comes out on the backside, <laughs> gotta hit you guys. <laughs> Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. Well, the Senior Bowl is a thing again. After seeming to kind of go the way of the Dodo, that's extinct for those that don't know that Dodos don't exist anymore, uh, you're seeing a whole host. We got one right over there. Wow. (laughs) I don't know who he's talking to, but it's... A cheap shot it and was. Six pretty one. warranted. Yeah. Six of one, half dozen of the mm. other. Baker's dozen. Toucan Sam over here. Uh, <laughs> but no, the, the, the Senior Bowl is back, and you're, you've got some big names that are out there performing. Day after day, you're hearing about, oh, hey, there's this guy. You get Roman Wilson. Uh, you got Fuaga. You, you, you hear name after name. Uh, uh, Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon. You, you keep hearing names that were very impactful in the 
uh, conference championship game and then the college football playoff uh, race to to the championship. Like this was the game a couple of years ago that guys were. Eh, we're not going to go keeping it. It's crazy because you have guys that are opting out of bowl games left mm-hmm. and right and not wanting to put it on the line. This. They are. And they've done a phenomenal job. The, the senior bowl has of, of roping those guys in and showing the importance of it because there have been some incredible success stories coming out of it. I think that Justin Herbert is one guy, especially locally that we can point to went down to the senior bowl and he opened up a lot of eyes down there. And, I think Brock Purdy was a quarterback in the Senior Bowl as well. It's it's a place where you can showcase yourself, and he should Brock Purdy showcased himself into Mister Irrelevant. How about that? Hmm. But I, I think when you look at the amount of talent that's going in, opening it up to juniors has been huge. But there is a big like the quarterbacks are the ones that I find you don't see a lot of quarterbacks willing to put themselves out there. No. And on one team alone, you have Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Sam Hartman. That is Notre Dame, Washington, and Oregon. That's three powerhouse institutions and three powerhouse names. Those guys have all kind of had their ups and downs. And yesterday, Bo Nix had an awful day. And I'm one of those sickos that actually watches senior bowl practices. I have it on in the background like when I'm at home doing show prep and stuff like that. And... As I was watching, it was just like, gosh, this just doesn't look right. It just, it didn't look right from the quarterbacks at all. There was center and quarterback exchanges. Well, fast forward to today, and everybody's like, dude, Bo Nix had an awful day. And he was he he had the worst day of the three mm-hmm. yesterday. You fast forward to today. Was it because he has tiny hands? No. Mm. Well, maybe, but he doesn't. Mm. You fast forward to today, they did a side-by-side. They were throwing yesterday with unprepped footballs. Wow, no lube? So it was... (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely broke, Jeff! That's not what they use. (laughs) It's Uh, football lube, right? No. No? Not even close. No, it's not what they use? No. Not even remotely close. But if you've ever noticed, like they put like a mud it reminds on the me of football. a story I saw on a, a guy Lane Kiffin hired for his staff today. Oh, as his GM, hmm. I'll just let you go look that one up. Hmm. I don't even know. I don't even know where you're going on that. But I don't know if I want to Google that. Uh, but they they were going with unprepped footballs yesterday, which are slick, and you have an NFL ball which is bigger. You fast forward to today, all three of those guys. They put on an absolute friggin' show. And from the analysts, whether it was uh, Mike Tenenbaum, Lewis Riddick, Field Yates, they were gushing over the quarterback play today. And all of the good graces that Bo Nix lost yesterday, he seemed to have gotten back today. There were a couple of throws that, that went wayward. But you had now all three of these quarterbacks, which this is a, essentially a competition to see who's going to be that fourth quarterback mm-hmm. because Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jane Daniels are all considered to be the top three guys. Which is interesting that, Jan- that Daniels has solidified at number three because I thought he would be in that group. That 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 second that, tier? That next group. I thought it would be Caleb and Drake and then everybody else. Heisman goes a long way, apparently. <laughs> but the, all three of those guys performed really well today, and now we're going back to, all right, where, where do these guys land? And this is going to be really fascinating because it's not the make or break for their draft position by any stretch of the imagination. But one thing that they, that was really cool to see is they had a mic'd up segment 
where they were kind of shown the competition between, especially like Knicks and Penix. They because there's which I would say not only like familiarity, but there's also the I would say that they're depending. It's which version do you like? Yes, but as far as like where they go in the draft, I would say if you took the consensus, they're probably right around each other. And one thing that GMs and coaches they love to see is how guys react to those in these situations where you can have both of them together in this week and you can see how they feed off of each other, how they handle competition, how they handle good days and bad days. This will be really fascinating. I don't know if I, I I don't know where Bonix ends up. You've seen everywhere from like 11 or 12 to third round to third round. And I think so, that's, truth, a wide, that's a wide range. I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I think and I think, think that it's guy. better for Bo Nix to be in that position. Because if you're the third quarterback off the board, or the you know, if you're the fourth or fifth quarterback off the board, you're in a more advantageous position because usually the third it's not always Patrick Mahomes because it's not the Chiefs trading up to get you, right? At fifteen. Sure. You're usually the stretch in the top ten where it's like that Josh Rosen, the Arizona Cardinals taking him at ten. You're going. That's a reach. Justin Fields. You you're going. Where is he? Where is he truly going to be at? Better teams will draft you a later. little bit later, and uh, that that will behoove whomever it is that's the fourth or fifth quarterback off. Just as a a, a point of order, the uh, Ole Miss hiring uh, was uh, one uh, Billy Glasscock. I can't take you guys anywhere. <laughs> I look. I'm what do just, you want from me? It's I his was, name. I was just mentioning his name. That's not what you guys were mentioning. Huh. How did how did Billy Glasscock get brought up? Well, he was talking about unlived footballs. <laughs> Tell you what, if you're bringing in Glasscock, you're definitely bringing in lube. Can't uh, can't take you anywhere, guys. No, nothing. Can't take you guys anywhere. <laughs> Oh, speaking of changes and bringing in new coaches, <laughs> one new coach may be on his way out of a new spot already. Animals. Does Seattle have interest in the Alabama's quasi-former Washington Husky coordinator, but Ryan Grubb? Speaking of Michael Penix draft stock. Uh, hey, we'll get to that more. Come here on Danny and Dusty, Danny the Fan. Danny Meringue. And then I went to this movie theater. Dusty Hera. Then this was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up all over each other. I'm beginning to like this kid much. <laughs> this is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080. Are you the fan. Hour number three here on Danny Dusty on a Thursday afternoon. A glorious legs out, sun's out. Thursday afternoon. You guys are idiots. The, 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 the idiots are winning the poll, Betty. Yeah, I know. They're crushing you. Bunch of unwell, unwell psychos. I'm willing to take the L on this one. Sun's out, bun's out. Mm-hmm. It is thigh season, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go tanning when I get done. Burn your buns again. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sun sun my. Uh, I sun my 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 sphincter. <sighs> Butt sunning. You really there were there were a couple of these where people were like, 
uh, when days I was like, this got, this went sideways. Danny would never. I'm like, you guys have no idea. <laughs> he is. He would take this even further off the cliff. Yeah, Danny would always. The poll <laughs> at Danny and Dusty mm-hmm. is it's 57 degrees outside in Portland in February. Are shorts allowed? Yes, of course. 84% of the vote. No. Lunatic. 15.9% of my mm-hmm. people are living in that. Y- y'all are unwell. Uh, no, they're just conditioned to know that you take advantage of these opportunities. 57 in February in Oregon? Yeah. Let it let it rip, baby. Mm, no, y'all are crazy. Y'all are crazy. Kidding me? I'm going to go into the back porch and sit in the sun chair. Go have at it. Have at it, yeah. pal. You you do you I can't. Get sun directly on the source. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. Um It's good for you. Like in uh, Kelly pointed out on on Twitter Kelly Shukart of Oregon Sports Property. She pointed out to me, we know Jorgie's wearing shorts. He's he's shorts like all the time, right? It'll be like thirty. It's jarring when I see him wearing pants it, because every game day, his tradition, no matter what the weather is, shorts. Which Big Ten country is going to test this test theory? That. Yeah, Northwestern in November is gonna yeah gonna that, put put him under some a, a little bit of a spell I, this year it is the the trip to madison oh I think, yeah uh i think madison wisconsin is a trip that happens either late october early november because look for the ducks it can be really nice there then but it can also be 13 absolutely and i'm kind of hoping yeah it is november 16th oh no that that point in time it's yeah. cold yeah november 16th in madison o- october you can get a day that pops up and you're like, oh, like today here where it's 57 yeah. degrees in February in Oregon. You go, yeah, it's going to be a dicey trip to to Ann Arbor on November second. That could be cold. That'll that'll be a blustery day. That for could, sure. That it's hit or miss yeah. there. But uh, the the shorts theory will be tested. And now my legs aren't coming out until it's like 65. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I uh, I wore pants last night to the game, and uh, more than a few people pointed out that I was indeed wearing pants. Are you 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 will wear shorts to go like cover games and yeah, stuff? Yeah, I'm dirtbag radio guy in shorts. Yeah, it's a true thing. That's but okay. I, but I'll put on real shorts, like nice shorts. Not <laughs> oh, not my basketball shorts. <laughs> not just in case. May, hey, maybe you wear game shorts. Yeah. Maybe Chauncey's like, hey, hey, put meringue. me in, meringue. We're, we're inverted offense. We're post me up, which I can appreciate because oh. everybody could use one of those game checks. Yeah, you right. know? Like, I mean, look, I'll take a game check. Look, I, I, look, I've seen some of those game checks, and you know yeah. they're slightly less than we make. We'll take we'll take league men. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll take the two way. Oh man, that's it's good money if you can find it. Uh, you know what else is good money? Working as an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, Ryan Grubb is rumored now to uh, be under uh, the imp- or uh, is under not the investigation. The uh, Seahawks are looking at possibly adding or offering a position to one Ryan Grubb, who left the University of Washington with Kalen DeBoer to go to Alabama to be the off- offensive coordinator. Continued mm-hmm. on with Kalen DeBoer, uh, but the Seattle Seahawks have hired Mike McDonald. And have looked at the forty-six-year-old Ryan Grubb as a guy to possibly fill in on his staff. Well, that would be a great hire if you're looking to draft a quarterback from the University of Washington at 16th overall and Michael Penix Jr. Have that continuity there. But the reality of it is that no matter who you have at the quarterback position, Ryan Grubb is a damn fine offensive mind. Yes. 
And he is, the scheme that they run is not just a collegiate scheme. It is, you look at the windows, look at the throws that in the option routes that Michael Penix was asked to throw to, oh, I don't know, three NFL caliber wide receivers. Do you see some remnants of what you saw in Miami this year? You saw, uh, yes, without the... The the run game and gap scheme is a little bit sure. different with the with the zone, but the, but the passing concepts of, of yeah, it is a little motion screens get to edges, get to outsides, tunnel screens. Now, obviously, it's dynamic downfield, but it's the dynamism. This was kind of what I was getting to of the mm-hmm. the, the exploitive nature of the schemes that he runs. I wouldn't hate it if I'm a Seahawks fan and obviously there's familiarity with the fan base and that gets kind of the the first good graces sure. that Mike McDonald can get. Uh, this offense going or this team going with the fan base kind of rally. You've got a Jackson Smith and Jigba, like Tyler Lockett. Those guys sound kind of reminiscent of stylistically, at least what they had with at Washington. When you have a big guy like Odunze and you've got some speedsters in 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 Polk and McMillan, so I think those are kind of the same general ideas and levels that you want to attack, if not a straight A to A. Comparison. It would be good, and they also get a guy with a defensive-minded head coach that we have seen. Ryan Grubb last year was a hot name in the hiring cycle, and he did not take a head coaching job. You saw this year, uh, his name really didn't pop up all that much outside of the University of Washington job, where he posted his farewell that hey, they went a different direction. Where I think it was only like Washington that was maybe going to keep him there. And so, when you have a defensive-minded head coach like that there probably is a little bit of security that, hey, he might not jump at the first opportunity to leave for a head coaching gig. Maybe he is comfortable with just being a coordinator and making a damn fine living being an offensive coordinator, which I, I hate it whenever he's like, ah, I can't believe Ben Johnson wants to stay with the Detroit Lions. Well, why? Why, does he, why do you have to be a head coach? Some people might not want to be the head coach because of everything that goes along with it. And I think with Ryan Grubb, you may also have an element of what we're seeing with I don't know if anybody's seen it, but Jeff Halfley, the Boston college head coach, he just stepped away from being a head coach at Boston college where he's gotten to three bowl games in four years to be the defensive coordinator for the green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he, he cited was the world of college football has changed so dramatically. It's not what it was a year ago, two years ago, let alone five years ago. Whether it's recruiting, NIL, the transfer portal, recruiting your own guys to your roster, I think we're going to see a wave of guys that leave college football to go to the NFL because of that. And you know what? Good. That's good for the game of college football because it needs to change and change dramatically. You need guys that are going to be more about the new version as opposed to the old, and you want guys who don't want to be a part of that, not a part of that. And it's not a it's not a bad thing. That is a is an inherently good thing. You don't Absolutely. want guys, you don't want the hangers on. You want the guys who want to just go do football, go do football. Yeah. And that is totally okay. And I think what we're seeing too is there is in the world of college football, especially at a at a place like a Boston college, they're not equipped yet in their athletic no. department to operate like some of the big boys are. Because if when you look at the other programs around the country, the ones who are, are navigating these waters of NIL and the transfer portal the best are the ones that have essentially a front office established very similar to a professional football team 
where they have people that are in charge of their NIL, their, you know, whether it's financial literacy for the players or the middlemen between the collectives in, in the university to make sure everything is in compliance. And then you have another office of uh, personnel for nothing but transfer portal and keeping making sure that relationships with your within your own team and always tracking the transfer portal and guys who are entering or taking their name out and always keeping track of it there's so many layers that go into it now that some athletic departments are just ill-equipped for it because financially they can't it's a different do universe it. so you're seeing the the teams that are doing it the best are the ones that are equipped in that way and I don't I don't knock a guy like Jeff Halfley for leaving and, and look to be quite honest like the a lot of probably what Jonathan Smith and the, the pull away from him to go to Michigan State was Oregon State wasn't in in that they weren't didn't the have capacity. That, that that stable enough footing yeah. to commit that way to all of the levels that you will need to operate a football program now and for Ryan Grubb dude you, he probably went down to Bama and was like, I don't deal with psychos. <laughs> Maybe he wants Maybe out. he just wants the football. Yeah. And that's okay. No, and, it's, and, and again, it would also, again, signal a, a, another kind of feather in the cap of the Seahawks, good or bad. They are going to go younger, more innovative. There's, there's, a, there's a line in the sand that's been drawn. Of the direction that they're that they're trying to take, 100%. whether or not they are successful is what remains to be seen. But you can see that the, the trench they're starting to dig. And I, if there's one, the way you can tie this back locally is this: Who owns the Seattle Seahawks? It's the Allen Estate. It's Jody Allen. It's Burt Cold. They own the Seahawks. They own the Trailblazers. If you're a Trailblazers fan. If you're a Seahawks fan, if you're a fan of both, I think regardless of what comes out of this, I think you at least like the idea of what is happening here mm-hmm. with both organizations. Whether or not it works, we'll see. But there is a there are there are paths that are that were once very blurry that are becoming more clear. Boy. There is really something to what what you're saying right there and what we saw last night. Because I thought last night the handling by at an organizational level of Damian Lillard's return was better. If this happened three years ago, it would have been a disaster. It would have been a disaster. Yep. I and we we all know who and why. Would have it would have been a lot of working parts. And I'm not just talking about like Neil O'Shea. Neil O'Shea wouldn't have made it a disaster. It would have been the Who's in control? I think the organization in the last year and a half has found better footing. Yes. In better control because I think that you are seeing Jody Allen and Burt Cold regaining that, 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 the control of the organization to steady the ship because there was a lot in the air. And I, I think what we all lose because we love the Blazers or we love the Seahawks is you care about that team. What they were trying to untangle wasn't just those two organizations. It was a multi-billion-dollar estate. Where where do you start? Yeah, and it, it sucks for people who love the Blazers or love the Seahawks. It wasn't there because they were just kind of floating. And guess what? They print money. Those, those are the so ones that the, you don't need to untangle. So right? there's there's no you know rush to go and do either of those things. 
that I think we're starting to see as waters have calmed that Jody Allen and Burt Cold are actually putting some care and effort into both of the organizations that we all care about a whole heck of a lot. Whether you agree with what they're doing or not is up for debate. And nobody ever does agree with ownership. No. That's that's the the part, part of the gig. Yeah. But uh, that's actually where I, want, I wanted to steer this next. We, we'll put a nice little bow on Damian Lode's return, and we've kind of talked through what it yeah. meant to Dame and the organization and everything else. What does it mean for the Trailblazers? What did last night mean? What did it signify? Uh, and I want to give a, a nod to Mike Richmond on Lockdown on Blazers this morning, who had a, a great anecdote and a line from uh, one of the assistant coaches last night uh, about what it meant to them as, as they are walking out of the building and what that signifies for the Portland Trailblazers going forward. Danny and Dusty, Danny the fan. On the fan. It's done. It's over with. Damian Lillard has come. He is gone. He has. He didn't conquer. The Blazers come away with the win, but I think they came away with more than that. There was a feeling in the building last night that had not been there since COVID, since since, since the pandemic. There was. Uh, there was real juice in the building, and I talked to, to folks around Dame, and I talked to folks around the organization, and I talked to fans. Shout out to everybody who stopped and, and wanted to talk last night. I know last night was a hell of a night. Uh, I appreciate every single one of you. Um, the thing that I came out of this game thinking, this was a signature win not only for this season, but a signature win for the organization in the first step of the reset of the rebuild. That's interesting because it, it felt like it was a playoff level excitement, energy heading mm -hmm. into the game. And the fact that the Blazers were able to push a lot of it aside because for as much as it was rough on Dame, I think it was tough on Ant. Oh, it was. It was. I mean, it was tough on Ant because of that relationship and the mentorship that he had given him over the years. Pushing all of it aside, you had your young stars, or the young stars, your young pieces that you got largely in return in the Dame Hall, you know, or guys that you moved on for uh, Dame, like Scoot Henderson, mm -hmm. Tumani Kamara played really damn well yeah, in that Aiden game. Played really well. Malcolm Brogdon played was really well. was the general, and that those are all results of the Damian Lillard transaction. And. I think that you're right in that we talked about this earlier. Five of the last six games, the Portland Trailblazers have played their best basketball of the season. I want to. I want to say get this. the Bulls game out of there. That was a clunker. Even, even with it, I want to. I want to just kind of read these off. I don't like re reading stats off on air, but I kind of want to. I want to give you just an idea of of where guys have it, been the last six games. It, okay, but can we preface it with this one thing really quick? In that this is coming off the heels of the Blazers being. Far and away, the 10 games prior, the most inefficient team, the worst team on in the league. both ends of the yes. floor. And both ends of the floor down. in net rating. They were yes. the worst team in the league the 10 games before this six-game stretch. They got absolutely shellacked, humbled, humiliated, and I think that's what kind of makes this impressive. Yep. All right. is so, as they got healthy and as they figured this out, they, they went through this whole come-to-Jesus moment where they had, to, they had this meeting with Chauncey and the staff and that part, and they figured it out. Now, it didn't immediately turn into wins, but it turned into production and process. 
the result wasn't there right away, but you started to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And over the last six games, Anthony Simons, 23-7-4 and four on 50-40-93 splits. Jeremy Grant, 19-5-4 on 48-40-84 splits. Malcolm Brogdon, 18-7-4 on 46-40-100 splits. DeAndre Ayton, 17-11-2-2 on 60-89 splits. Scoot Henderson, 13 Fourteen four and two on forty five forty two one hundred splits. That's a lot of numbers. I like a hundred though. Every single one of those guys over the last six games has been high high efficiency, high production. That is what you want to see, and it translated to some wins. Now mm-hmm. they had a stinker against San Antonio and Chicago, which actually makes these numbers kind of more impressive. That they even with those stinky, nasty, ugly shooting nights that there's still been this efficient, you you can't take the five-game sample sizes. There's a, there's a, a lesson on a note from Terry Stotts that I will always remember. Terry Stotts treated the season in five-game segments, five games at a time, five games at a time, five games at a time. You tackle the five games in front of you. And this five-game window, six to be technical, the Blazers have been good. I think they have played, and this is one thing, they have been unequivocally bad for very long stretches of this season. They had a three-week stretch where they were the worst team in the league. There is no ands, ifs, or buts about yeah. it. Like, we saw it with our eyes. The numbers it bared it out. It was not fun to talk about. It, we didn't talk yeah, about it, it because like, it, wasn't, it wasn't good. It, it took you to your deathbed, for God's sakes. Yeah, that's actually why I was sick. <laughs> but if you think of... There have been spurts early in the year where they were kind of working through this, some stuff, and we talked about this early in the year. You take the gains and you take the growth and you don't take them for these sweeping generalizations, right? But you take the small victories and what can they do to build off of them? At every turn that they had a small victory early in the year, all of a sudden a guy would go down, right? Ant goes down. Shaden goes down. DeAndre goes down. Brog goes down. It was like at every single turn they were dropping like flies. (laughs) There is no coincidence that we saw those small little bursts of growth early in the year and then now as the team is getting healthier again, we're seeing growth yet again. You're seeing chemistry between players who had never played together before this year. It's starting to show itself. This doesn't mean that the Blazers are a playoff team. It doesn't but, even mean they project as a play-in team. But this was the first signature win, I think, of the new era. And I think that it is a sign that they are, in fact, growing. Don't take it for like championship windows opening. Don't no, take it for this playoff is first, window this opening. This the first real signs of development. It is the first sign that you're not going to be doing what Detroit is doing. No. Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, quite and, honestly. And they're already ahead of that. And I want to I want to uh, give Mike Richmond credit uh, of Locked On Blazers on his podcast this morning. Locked On. He mentioned that as he was walking out of the arena last night, he heard the assistant coaches in front of him. He wasn't eavesdropping. You know, when when, when you're media, you walk out. One, uh, there's there's a couple different exits you can go out of. And, and I, I mean, I, I have the same thing happen regularly. You can you hear conversations. If they wanted to protect it, they would. But they didn't. And the assistant coaches were telling each other or talking amongst each other, saying some version of, this is a signature win. 70 or 80 games, they come and they go. This is one you will remember two, three years down the road. And it wasn't just because of Dame, but it's because of all of the work that they put in with these young guys 
that came together in a moment where there was real pressure. The first time that there has been real pressure on these guys. Their first real opportunity. Their only opportunity on national TV, they delivered. I talked to damn near every player in the locker room last night, and the one thing, I, I went around the room just kind of just, you know, straw poll. What did you think of your execution tonight? It's the best we've had all season. Best we've had all season. Both ends of the floor. Hmm. Was it perfect? No. That's... There's there's stuff that we need to work on. There's stuff we're going to see in the film tomorrow. But we felt each other's execution. We trusted each other's responsibility. We trusted each other to be where we needed to be. And you saw what that looked like. And those are like the little golden nuggets that you'll take out of a game like this. Mm-hmm. Now it is where can they take their next step in the evolution of this? Where can they grow? Someone we haven't really talked about, but Shane Sharp yesterday, he was reevaluated and he seems to be getting closer and closer and on the mend. What does it look like when you add that other element and that other piece to this next step of progress for Portland? But the, the, the fact of the matter is last night was really the culmination of that five-game stretch that you're talking about of steadily seeing small improvements. Oftentimes, that in the course of the season like this, it's not going to be wins and losses, though. They got a damn win, important win last and night, that's, though. And that's, that, that's the cherry on top of that. All right, coming up next, uh, we will wrap up the, the NBA coverage as we'll talk about uh, some happenings around the NBA as the rest and gambling scenarios are unfolding, MVP awards, and we are a week away from the NBA trade deadline. I will give you the latest and greatest intel that I have heading into that, which will kind of springboard us uh, into the next week of coverage around the Portland Trailblazers and the NBA. But first, here's the big kahuna with the Sports Center update. That's that Hawaiian burger joint. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Oh, I don't know if this is the best music or the the worst music for the A-team the Blazers are trying to assemble. Uh, as the Portland Trailblazers deadline is now, or the NBA trade deadline, is now a week away uh, in about 20 minutes. So one week and 20 minutes. It will oh. end at 3 p.m. How we about will, that? We will have the lead up into it. On Take Thursday. that the data. Breaking news. No, I love no. that drop. Oh. We don't play that enough, by the way. That was a great meltdown. We, we, we didn't Take even, that for data. We didn't even get to do the Mike Brown meltdown either. Uh I don't know if I caught that one. He brought the laptop out and showed all the calls they missed. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Great stuff. That's fantastic. Very memeable because the angle of the camera was great, so you can green screen what's on the laptop. Yeah. Great stuff. Uh, that, that is very memeable. Yes. Got, shout out Mike Brown for that. Um, but there, are, that we are now hitting rumor season. That is the, that is the the spot that we are hitting. It has been very quiet around the NBA post uh, Pascal Siakam trade. Not if LeBron has anything to say about yeah, it. Yeah, that man. Uh, we didn't talk about that yesterday. The uh, hourglass emoji and now not playing tonight along with Anthony Davis. Things are not. Well in La La Land. Tick, 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 yeah, that's, tick, tick, remember, tick, tick, I, I fully believe that LeBron James will not be a Laker at the end of this year. And then he'll open up his free agency to go and play with Bronny. Yes. Blazers draft Bronny. I should say, he will finish his year this year as a Laker. He will be on another team next year. That is that is the world that I am currently living in. What are we feeling about the Blazers, though, on at the trade deadline? Because it, it felt like the acquisition of Malcolm Brogdon was all set up to... Mm-hmm. Promote him, 
let him showcase, deal him to a contender, get assets in return. However, those looked at the beginning of the year, it was more, hey, draft picks. But as we've kind of seen that they've hit on a couple of young guys. And they have a lot of them. It may be younger pieces to match a timeline as opposed to continuing to compile draft picks. Or do they say the an offseason trade makes sense too? So when the transaction with Drew Holiday with, with the Celtics was made, people kind of got a little upset with me because I said, I think they're going to hold on to Malcolm Brogdon. They're not going to flip him right away. And people pushed back on that. No, they're going to flip him right away. They have too many guards. Blah, blah, blah. And then they held on to Malcolm Brogdon. Now we're reaching a point where in discussions that I've had with uh, around the, the organization and around the NBA – there has been no immediacy to move Malcolm Brogdon, and Malcolm Brogdon himself has said that he's not had those discussions with Joe Cronin about finding that destination like the Blazers did with C.J. McCollum, with Damian Lillard, with uh, Josh Hart. And yes, the Blazers, while not having the direct, hey, we got Dane to Miami, they got him to a better basketball situation. It's, it's, they're still trying to figure out things in Milwaukee. Have you looked in Miami lately? Not a It is not a tire a fire. It is an absolute tire fire. Don't be surprised if you see something go sideways there real soon. Real soon. <laughs> and there is an element, too, with Malcolm Brogdon that he becomes actually more attractive next year as he's in the final year of his deal. And not only that, the new CBA takes place. And in talking to executives that, that have come through and, and different scouts and, and folks over the last couple of weeks, there is a level of unsureness. And this exists because ownership. How punitive... Owners can say what they want until that thumb gets put down on that tax bill not everybody's going state buddy yeah and they can you can say it all you want but if all of a sudden the results aren't there or you get a little squeamish or you realize that the the, the ramifications and limitations that the new cba does to you not only monetarily but the flexibility within your roster when push comes to shove most teams go the other way mm-hmm. unless you're a title contender and malcolm brogdon's contract is in that kind of sweet spot of at $22 million and expiring, but also being a good player. This isn't Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier is just dead salary. Mm-hmm. This is Rafe LaFlence's expiring contract all over again. That just sits on the books forever. It's just, you're like, we'll find something for it. It'll be expiring. And then it never... Wah, wah. And you're just trying to drag it out and drag it out and drag it out because it's, it is. it is It's an empty salary ballast that you can use in a trade. Malcolm Brogdon is good. Mm-hmm. So you have the added benefit of that. The Portland Trailblazers, from everything that I understand, are not looking for draft capital. In all the discussions with everybody I've had around the league, they've all told me, like, I don't think the Blazers are chasing draft picks. They have two picks this year in the 2024 draft, and one of them is the Golden State Warriors, and it will probably be a lottery pick. I don't even think there's a guarantee that the Blazers use that pick because they have five rookies right now (laughs) and two second-year guys. Ugh. They, and one of their rookies in his prime, Duop Reeves, 27. Yeah. And they're going to add possibly two more rookies. They don't need – think about that. You're going to have nine players with three years or less of experience and you're looking, on guaranteed deals. And you're looking at what they did – what Joe Cronin did was pretty savvy in that he brought in picks that future and way down the line. Further out down the line so you could reinforce when would, those guys are getting there. I would not be stunned one bit if the Blazers take a pick in this year and they bump it back for next year. Or, let's say that an opportunity, they wait until draft night. 
and now you still have Malcolm Brogdon because they didn't move him at the deadline, and you've got Malcolm Brogdon and a lottery pick. And for everybody that has criticized Scoot Henderson's playing time and his seemingly lack of growth or development, even though I don't know if anybody would go want to go back and watch Game 1 against the, the Clippers, Clippers and oh then my goodness. see where he is at the last handful it's of night games especially. His growth and development is still continuing to rise. And it's not inhibited by Malcolm Brogdon. You need you don't want to just throw him to the wolves and break his confidence because we have seen what over this course like. of the years there are stretches over the course of the season that there are stretches where his confidence does get broken and it's it wanes for a while and then you have to prop him back up and he's got a as Chauncey Billups says and very consistent with it we talked about this earlier forces them to earn that time yeah. back. I would love look. There's nothing more than uh, that. I would love is than to see Scoot being on the floor for 30 minutes a game. But as long as there he's capable, of. also is a very real element of it could stunt his growth, and it will it stunt his ceiling. No, but it could stunt his growth in the short term by throwing him out to the Wolves for 30 minutes and saying, "Good luck, kid." And this is to say the Blazers aren't going to trade Brogdon. Yeah, but I would say that my default position that right now is that they are not. And that we are a week out. Things can fundamentally change drastically in the timeout. Teams can get desperate. But not only that, teams could make an offer that makes more sense for the Blazers. And I think the direction that they were are going to go if they did move him, it's not for picks. It's for another, it's a young player that they can build with. An under 25 young player that still has either a, a good contract, some room to grow, or you're like, this is somebody I can count on. Who's that look like? I think a name that, that I've heard floated more than a few times is Wendell Carter Jr. from Orlando. Yeah, six foot ten forward center yeah. who can space the floor. They need a point guard. He's the more advanced version of Dwap Reith, I think, and he's under twenty five and he has a de escalating contract. I think that's the kind of player that you would expect the Blazers to kind of prioritize. So if you're scouring the NBA, I think that's the kind of guy. That, that's a scary backcourt, Brogdon and Suggs. Yeah, I mean, you you get the defensive capabilities of Suggs and the three-point shooting of Brogdon, which unlocks Paolo Bancaro when Franz Wagner comes back. I think that's a great move for that for, for the Magic. So it's 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 interesting where that goes. By the way, the Blazers currently with the fifth worst record in the league and the Warriors are sitting at the tenth worst. Yeah. Yeah, they suck. Yeah. The Warriors. Although they gotta be careful because if they start winning much more, they've got uh, uh Chicago and Houston are only a half game better. Their tail. Yeah, see I, I think Houston's gonna make a little push here. I think Houston's a team, another team to watch at the trade deadline to try to really improve their roster. Ime Udoka can coach some ball. He can, but also they have uh, they have a lot of young guys and they've got some salary to work with. Hmm. So uh, that that's your initial trade report. I've heard nothing about Jeremy Grant, uh, Matisse Thybul. I've heard absolutely nothing about, and up and down the Blazers roster, they're they're not looking to move any of their young guys. Well, that's something that we need to keep a tra- track of every day moving forward because we're a week out. Yeah, and this, in, in this weekend, this is when the discussions are going to start happening around frameworks, and then we'll kind of get where we go. All right, when we come back, uh, Harbaugh is going to Harbaugh. Where would you Harbaugh your RV? That? RV Harbaugh? Danny Dusty, to the Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. Well, happy birthday 
Happy 50th birthday to 92.3 KGON, Portland's classic rock station. Oh, awesome. They, this was the first song they played after they uh, flipped to an album-oriented rock uh, format. Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. And then in uh, 1992 is when they switched to what we now know and love, the classic rock classic station. Classic rock, mm. where they still played the song. <laughs> <laughs> they just really wanted to play this song. Yeah, it all comes back to this. That's awesome. 50 years on the air, KGO and the Blowtorch. Yeah, man, it's it's the it's the historic station here in, in Portland, mm-hmm. man. And they've had some awesome people come through there and uh, stay, lasting the test of time, man. Staying KGO. power. Yeah, absolutely. So just them. Congratulations. It just makes you feel old when the, the songs you listen to when you were growing up are, are now played oldies. on the classic rock yeah. station. Yeah, it hurts hearing Nirvana on there. It's tough. It's a tough look. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, that hurts. It's not even a tough look. It hurts. What doesn't hurt is the craziness of Jim Harbaugh being unleashed right out of the gate. This, so the framing of this is where or who would Jim Harbaugh want to go? No, 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 no. Jim Harbaugh was introduced as the Chargers. Uh, head coach today. Yes, and he was asked how he or when he is coming to LA to get. Oh, so this is a real thing. This was not a. This was not a like uh-uh. a concept. No, holy no. Jim Harbaugh was asked how he's gonna or when he's gonna get to town, and this is this was his answer. I told my wife this. Make should I tell? Him? Yes, yes. Okay, so uh, I want to I want to drive my RV out. I want to drive my RV out and, uh, and, and, and go to a trailer park, uh, you know, like down by the water or uh, by Disneyland. There'll be two that I've researched that are close to the facility. And uh, I want to Jim Rockford it for the, uh, <laughs> for the, for the next uh, couple months until we move to the new facility. That's, I have that thought going through my head. <laughs> Dude is going to live in his RV. Is he really going to do the van down by the river? Yeah, yeah the L.A. River. How great <laughs> is this going to be? I mean, this is this is the, this is this is the the Jim Harbaugh experience. And I love how he says he's going to Jim Rockford that son of a gun. And if there is a person, like I mean, there are very few people that I would want to. I think one the Chargers have to sign Gardner Minshew as a backup quarterback, and he goes and he parks his conversion van next to Jim Harbaugh to mm. bond. In said RV, and park. then we get a bus in with the boys situation. Could you imagine just like Harbaugh rolls in to your RV spot and your neighbors with Jim Harbaugh like an extended RV place for a while? Well, here's the thing: the though. amount of milk I would say you drinking. You, you, I don't think I don't think you're going day. out there. Uh, you know, with there's there's two different types of RVers. There's the Jim Harbaugh RVers from uh, the middle of the country, and then there's your RVers that maybe they're blowing a little. A little smoke, you know, that little bit, little bit different. I don't know if you can put the Gardner Minshews and the Jim Harbaugh's in the oh, same van together. I and think get, you need to and get, you know, the edible milk. I would pay for all of it. I would pay. I would pay to see this. I want this to be a television show. The Chargers do social media so well. They need to don't go that '70s show with Jim Harbaugh. Just put it. Uh, put a camera mm. in the RV. You don't need a script. You don't need anybody else in there. He could be driving this thing by himself. You know, Dusty. And he's just going to talk to himself for 3,000 miles from Ann Arbor to L.A. There is already an unscripted series with a camera inside a van. What is that? Oh, Road Rules? Yeah. That's it. 
Have him, yes, have Jim Harbaugh do challenges as he crosses the country. I want it. Just individual challenges across the country. All right, up next, four hours of power from their mouths to your ears. It's primetime with Isaac and Soup right here on The Fan. Bye. Get your threesomes going. Known pull swear. When it comes out on the backside. <laughs> Gotta hit you guys. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.